there, there's a fetish out there for me. You know Absol what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You got a nice luscious beard. I mean, there there's go. there's tons of guys. There's a whole category of them on Pornhub. Yeah. I, I think they're called bears or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> bears. Oh, no. This is not how this was supposed to start. Okay. Or was it? All right, no. I expected more. You know what? Here we go. Hello, and welcome back. We have a special show for you today, as this is the first endeavor of Culture Bop going international. We're taking it around the globe today. Joining us is a very special guest, Mr. Tawny Solman from the Netherlands. And you also have the Deer Forest Kingpin himself, Jeffrey Siakto. <laughs> he is on the mic once again and i am dylan martin the blessed in bandit and this is the bop a music podcast fellas how's it going <laughs> it's going you know, it was good going that's good a great about 30 seconds ago <laughs> what what'd you say jeff it was going good till about 30 seconds ago yeah, and scars sorry. of childhood memories <laughs> Uh, if, you, uh, if you did not listen to the last episode, I encourage you to do so just for the two-minute-long conversation about a an abandoned, sad theme park in Jeff's home state. <laughs> oh, man. I had a dream about that uh, a couple of nights post-podcast, by the way. I had a dream we were actually there, and you were looking to buy it. They don't call those dreams. They're called waking nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> it's that or a premonition. Either way, you know, maybe it's in your future. <laughs> no, I, mean, I would see him buying uh, buying an old, old, crappy right? amusement park. Like, have the creepy animatronics still creaking. <laughs> Just to right. sla slap some WD-40 on that bitch and go. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up your alley, dude. I just pop out from behind that, like paper mache mushroom with some right. overalls like who wants to go on a train ride kids yeah and you have that creepy barber clown that you like <laughs> oh there. you mean richie who wants some balloon animals yeah <laughs> <laughs> richie with the balloon animals oh, he, you can't call him creepy he's our contemporary our professional contemporary i don't and the tetanus a... comes with the ticket <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's amusement park where you get tetanus for free. It's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's going good here. I'm excited for this. I, I really am. I'm glad. I'm glad that we can finally sit down with Tani. This is the first time in Culture Bob history where we get to hear his voice, hear his thoughts. I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong, don't correct me. Just let me have it. I've I've jotted down my thoughts. You don't want to hear my unfiltered thoughts. That's that's not that's not. A, that's, we'll that's see. A, that's I'm, not I'm a fa family fine. friendly show. Uh, oh, we are so so <laughs> not family friendly. We're more family friendly on this podcast though than we are on Hunting Pixels. And, so and you don't and you don't really want to be on the watch list that I'm on. That's like that's also <laughs> true. Did I bring? This is just great. We have Jeff, who I'm not entirely sure that he's not in a gang and then we have you who could very well be an international criminal this yeah, is great we, I, we do have to qualify it with what gang do you claim Tony? that's a it's a legal requirement of this show this is not good i'm uh, i'm currently good. not repping any gangs but okay, yeah, i do have a couple of records or two that i've been that, that i don't Oh, Jeff, okay. that's, that's so, not an so invitation. You're, you're not playing ball, but you're definitely on the porch. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's watching, for, as you should be. 
retired, if you will. Reasons retired. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, with that said, let's let's go ahead and get into it. Let's tell everyone what we have going on today. Uh, so this far in the bop, this is episode six. Um, leading up to this, we have taken on pop, punk, and metal, two genres very near and dear to our hearts. But what we have yet to take on, even with how much we speak about the genre, is that of hip-hop. And that, everyone, is what we are going to do for you today. We wanted Tani on this episode because, like Jeff and I, he too is enamored with rap and its evolution through the ages. And thanks to the blessing of time itself, we're bringing two nations together to discuss what really matters. We'll touch on things like our introduction to rap and where we think the genre is today, and then some of our favorite artists within hip-hop. So all of that said, let's get started. I think guests first, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like we always do. So, Tawny, take it away. Where would you like to get started with where you got started in where hip-hop? Where my hip hop journey started, I call it a journey because that's that sounds good. Uh, I was in, I was like five or six, and I had like this old Walkman, and my older cousin, he was like my big brother, he he gave me a cassette cassette tape, and the first track that that really like burned into my mind was the legendary N.W.A. Fuck the Police, and you can imagine how how excited my elementary school was that i could learn all the words to <laughs> at five certain, or six years old <laughs> at, at five or six years old i could speak english and curse every word with them nice because nice. i knew fuck the police so jeff you also have nwa listed yeah this was is gonna a, be like weirdly lo- parallel but i you too <laughs> so jeff is uh older and then Tani is also just right behind him. I'm the youngest. There's another generational thing happening here, like there was in the 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 pump the punk pop episode. Um, you two go kind of in tandem with one another when it comes I'm, to this. I'm, NWA was never on my radar. I know for a fact my father has never been in America, so I don't know what what shenanigans happened here. But I'm pretty sure that we're somewhere along the line. Our family tree like crosses. <laughs> Yeah, You're it was like not wrong. There's like I think what it was was we came to the conclusion that there were like two Vikings jumping chariots off a hill or something. You know, just yeah. real, real BC redneck shit. Right. <laughs> the true crossover. No, uh no, I, yeah. I I have to agree. So like I actually agree with that same album. Uh except my first exposure was straight out of Compton. So like same album, just different song, and I remember hearing that and just being like, "Holy shit!" Like, How old were you? Seven, maybe. So the album, the like album came out when I was six, but I would have been—I probably would have been like seven, eight, somewhere right in there. I mean, it, I couldn't have been much older. That's just crazy to me because I'm thinking. If Tawny was five or six, you were seven, I would like to think that I was somewhere around the same realm of yeah. time frame. Let me think here. If I was if I'm trying to project myself to be eight years old, and I think that's accurate. So my first endeavor in hip hop was from the notorious B. I. G. and it was actually my mom that got me to listen 
to this. Uh, it was a song. It was Hypnotize. I remember my very first song was Hypnotize from uh, Biggie. And uh, yeah. immediately I was just And like, that was a bop on the radio, too. So Yes. Yeah. So And that's... I don't really know where she started listening because all my life up until that point i had heard rock metal pop you know country stuff like that but here's my first like step into hip-hop and it's just that that classic intro to hypnotize and it's just it's a bop dude no you know not trying to plug the best podcast or anything but it's just amazing (laughs) so i can't profess to like hearing hypnotize and then that same night listening to the whole album because i didn't have that luxury um but i would i would always every time she would play you know hypnotize would come on the radio that's that's what we would listen to it was my thing but i was also i was i was pre-10 i was eight years old so it was all those you know elementary school ages um that we were introduced and then it just kind of stuck with us for the rest of our lives like single digits fellas and think of how far we've come yeah 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 yeah, and that, like, that, I mean that end of that tape I got like it had like iced tea on there like six in the morning, and it was like an old old tape because Ooh. like I'm in the I'm in the Great White North of of the Netherlands. Like this is this is this is like Hicksville. This is like this is like <laughs> what, what the South is for you guys. Like if they hear me talk in my Dutch voice, then they automatically assume that I vote like extreme right and I believe in certain <laughs> German ideologies. <laughs> so. So yeah, like like hip hop just didn't like you had some in Amsterdam, but like my cousin would would go to the record stores in Amsterdam to get like the bootlegs because like mainstream record stores stores just didn't sell hip hop because they didn't want it here. Well, and like the crazy thing with that album, Straight Outta Compton, none of that was ever on the radio. Like, no, nope. especially like where I live, like none of that was on the radio, and I even remember like. There was a, a record store by me that had a smashing of the album where, like, you could take an album and they drove over it with a steamroller. I, I very vividly remember that event and just being like, why would you do that? Like, I, I just, I couldn't fathom it at the time. And looking back on it, you know, 30 years later, it's like, that's dumb shit still. Yeah. Because they still got paid for the album. Yeah, that's exactly what Easy said in that interview. Like, they paid for it, fuck it. <laughs> burn yeah. it if you can. I don't care, you paid for it. I already yeah, got your money. to burn. Yeah, I it, really wish I would have had the exposure that you guys had with NWA. I, I, I obviously found out about them later in my life, but I, I never had that initial, like, I never heard. I think I heard Fuck the Police, like, maybe when I was in late middle school. You know what I mean? Um, sure. I just never had that exposure to him. I mean, when when I first heard him, I was like, like I was five or six, so that was like ninety one, ninety two, around that age. So like, uh, Dr. Dre was already that's doing was the born. Chronic, yeah. Yep. Well, I was that's born in the one. You're just as that's old as my crazy sister. Thing. <laughs> oh my! We're all just related here. That's pretty much it. Like we all kind of per- look alike. Yeah. Yeah. Cute and adorable. It's wild. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> me. Cute and adorable. <laughs> like when you look at NWA as a whole, like it's crazy that all all the members went on to do such like huge numbers solo, and that at no point was that well ever like retapped. Of hey, let's let's bring the band back together. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like, they, yeah, there they was tried, such animosity. They, they tried to, but yeah, like the, the, before they they were finally burying the hatchet, and then Easy got up and died. So, yeah. Have you ever seen Straight Outta Compton? Biz? I hate uh, like I, I I like the movie, but I hate that movie. Like it, yeah. it's like it's like one percent of what actually happened. Like you see none of that Dr. Dre beating the brakes off that uh, interview lady. No, uh, you and don't see the the abuse of the wives. You you they lie about how they made fuck the police. Like it's it's like they. It's, it's a weird the, movie. Yeah, it's the same with it's the same with I have with every other movie about about a guy that that actually lived. Like it's all just mm-hmm. glamorized and and made pretty because you don't want to save face for the for the for the state. And it's just it's bullshit. The yeah, only no, part of that I that I actually like. Oh, really? Yeah, I, that's a oh. part of the reason is like I heard not the greatest things about it, and then I just had no, uh, I guess, affiliation with them. Like I didn't have strong childhood memories of listening to them like I did with Biggie. Um, I just never had them on my radar. Of course, I liked the separate artists as they you know grew over time, and you know so did I. I grew up and stuff, but it's like I just never really listened yeah. to NWA, so I didn't watch the movie. No, as a movie, it's a it's a good movie, but it's just like it's it's about as it's about as real life as uh, Eight Mile is to Eminem. Like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, Mom Spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mom Spaghetti, yeah. but a little more, a little bit more whiter. Like the Ice Cube stuff was interesting in that movie because I. It it has such a different tone, and I don't know if that's because it's his son playing it, or yeah. like just the like animosity it's... that he withheld to that group. Um, you know, I mean, we were talking earlier about No Vaseline, and it's like, who of that group doesn't he talk shit about in that song? I mean, yeah. from the manager on down, everybody and, is called out. And it's it's like you, they only focus on on Yella, on on Cube, on uh, on Easy, and on uh, on Dr. Dre. But you got like the Arabian Prince, that was a huge mm-hmm. part of uh, N.W.A. That just he's not even in the movie. Like I don't even think he gets mentioned. No, he, he no, and he's like the biggest part. You don't see like the the. You don't see the 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 R and B bands that Easy brought in to to fund all this stupid his stupid solo shit. Like you don't see none of it. It's no. it's all vilifying. And I mean, the the manager was a scumbag, and he did withheld all the money, and he did broke up the band. But you only see like the the parts that they want you to see. Yeah, and that's I've, I feel like that's what's kind of shitty about all of the music movies that I've seen. Like even with Bohemian Rhapsody, like we didn't get yeah. a full story there. No, no, not not even not even like nothing. Like when when Queen came out, Queen was an was a darling from the get go. They were adored by record companies, and they paint this movie like he was some underdog who had to fight with his sexuality, and there was nothing that that, that, that wasn't true. They yeah. had like they had like recorded giant orgies where he was like fucking men, women, co- plates of cocaine <laughs> were going around, and like there's this just there's none of it in that movie, right? Just so a tortured like a... soul that that had to fight for for recognition that was just not true. Yeah, and it's just a reoccurring theme. Like I haven't seen the uh, I don't even know what it's called the the new Elvis Presley movie. Um, mm, yeah, but I'm assuming it just follows the same trend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I heard it. I heard that follows the same trend. Indeed, like it, it doesn't say yeah. anything about any black people or nothing. Like he came up yep. with it on his own. Sure, he did. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> no, 
All right, so that was like that was step one for us, right? Like that was that yeah. was step one into how we first got into hip hop, and then soon after, I'm sure all of the artists that we're about to talk about followed. So after NWA for you, Tani, who was next? After NWA, uh, my I got like uh, I got like a CD single of uh, of KRS One uh that was uh the sound of the police very famous of course but i got the i got the 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 one that stands out to me and probably still my favorite track that he did is mc's act like they don't know and that's a that's a 95 single i think on the top of my head so i am i guess a little ashamed because up you until this, yep, up until you put him on the list, I had never listened to KRS-One. Heard the name throughout my whole entire life, but never listened. Yeah, it's his self-proclaimed album, KRS-One. It's his second solo album from 1995, October 10th, 1995. So two days after my birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, that, and that, that whole album yeah. had such good, solid tracks, though, like start to finish, like... Because that's the one with, like, Rappers Are in Danger, isn't it? Yeah, Rappers Are in Danger okay. is the opening track. He starts with that, yeah. and then he has the automatic with Fat Joe on it. Uh, reality, he got on there. Uh, one Wasn't of the MCs like, represent the real hip-hop with Dos FX. Like, that whole album is just banger after banger. He's got a very young Busta Rhymes on there with, uh, what's it called? Um, build Your Skills. Yeah. I said I was just looking it up because I was like, "Wait a minute, Busta Rhymes was on that album somewhere." Yeah, after he just uh, like that was like right after he he bounced off the he was still between uh, leaders of the new school and his solo project stuff. So okay. he had to like start all over again, and then he just destroyed that track. Beautiful. He also made one of like my favorite diss tracks ever with uh, what was the one that the Nas diss track? I'm trying to think. Is it the Bridge Is Over? In my, in my, uh, yeah, the, the bridge is over. Where uh, I think it was like him versus Nas or something. I remember that being like a really awesome song. So um, with uh, that said, it's like is KRS One someone that you also had some kind of upbringing with in terms of rap, Jeff? Yeah, I had a little exposure to him. Um, so for. For him in that time frame, he was really East Coast rap. Mm -hmm. Like he, I mean, he really is. He's like a, a tent pole of East Coast rap. And at the time that I was hearing him, was really like uh, predominantly West Coast in my area. Is like what people were listening to. So it would be like your Tupac, your Death Row. Like that was kind of about when I was exposed to him. So I knew of him, and I knew of a, like a lot of the songs that I liked. But I kind of shied away from it because it was like, here's this whole other set over here that I'm just kind of enamored by and listening to. I was still very much aware of like East Coast stuff because of like Wu Tang Clan, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, here in a minute. But oh, yeah. like, as, yeah, can't talk about rap and not talk about the Wu. Um, yeah. But KRS One wasn't an artist that I grew to appreciate until much later in like my musical history, I guess you could say. I got you. Yeah, because, I mean, even still, like I said, I'm third, almost 31 years old 
within mm-hmm. a month and i to like this past week was the first time that i had ever played a song that i mean i'm sure something has come on but i couldn't correlate it with the fact that it was it, this is krs one like i would have never known it i'm sure i've heard a song but sure like this is the first time i went out of my way to actually listen to something um and I like it. I mean, it's it's that old school vibe. I you know I like yeah, it. Yeah, he um, he is like the king of battle rap. He is like all he yes. is he is all about. He's like very quick with the punchlines, and and later in life he became like very like his best friend and his brother died from from gun violence. So he became like the teacher, and he's very like pro black and black excellence and uh con- very conscious rappers. I like conscious rappers a lot. Like I, I like if your first albums are about like drugs and and guns and bling fine but at some point i need something more i need just that's why jay-z never became great for me because all his albums like he made like what 100 albums and 99 of them are exactly the same as the as the last one yeah well see and that's almost like the same for me like i look at an artist like most def and i put him on like Mm. such a high pedestal because of his musical creativity like like he is not a rapper he is not hip-hop he is like an artist, right? Yeah. Artist, activist, yeah. like he's fucking fantastic. Also, doesn't go by Mos Dev anymore. It go, well, no, yeah. goes by Yasin Bey because uh, his his beliefs in uh, Islam that he doesn't deserve a mon- like uh, he doesn't deserve a moniker or something like that. I don't know why, but it's tied to it's tied to his his deep found re- religion he found like a couple of years ago. All yeah, the but like. I'll you thank listen you a to little like... bit later when it comes to Yasin Bey because you also introduced me to a song this week that I fell in love with. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's really? a good song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Jeff? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, like in, in my mind, like, there are some rap and hip-hop artists like, like Yasin Bey, we'll say, or KRS-One that kind of transcend wrap into like this other art form because they are so good at what their storytelling skills are you know between their vocabulary their delivery their their music that they put it to and oh, it, it's, it's really a beautiful thing i mean yeah, re- yeah. absolutely yeah so with krs1 being his second step yours is that of ice cube yeah and 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 i I struggled with this, right? Like, this was kind of hard for me to put a second artist. So, um, ironically, like, one of the first, like, I think it was, like, the second CD I ever owned. My grandma got me, like, a, a disc man. I remember. Fancy. And she got me, she, yeah, she got me uh, three <laughs> CDs. She got me Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, nice. And I forget what the other one was. And then the third one was Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style because it had a fun cartoon on the front. <laughs> oh, Grandma. Oh, oh Grandma. grandma. Thanks, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I, I love that album. But, like, when I look at that versus, like, Death Certificate, which also came right around that time for me, like, Death Certificate from Ice Cube really just... It, it's, it's kind of held its place in history for me. Like, Snoop Dogg, those are all... There's a ton of great songs on there, and there's a ton of them that haven't really aged as well, in my opinion. No, um, no, no, no. No? You think <laughs> they have? No, no, I agree. Like, some of them songs oh. are all like, <laughs> Yeah, they get a little weird, a little cringe, but, uh, mm-hmm. no, so, like, Ice Cube, I mean, 
it, he's one of those that again has kind of transcended because he's moved into acting, but like his music, you know when you're listening to it because it is just so raw and so just energy filled. And I, I look at that album, the Death Certificate, specifically the song No Vaseline that we talked about earlier. I mean, you can't get a more poignant diss track than that. If you've never heard the song, go listen to it. If you have no context for NWA, it's fine. You'll get how pissed off he was. Um, and it's like, you look at that and it's just like, okay, this is Ice Cube like putting the battle flag down saying like, I'm going to do this myself. I don't need anybody else. I don't want anybody else. And, and that's that was kind of poignant to me in, like, in a way where it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this guy just did what he wanted to. And I think that I can really appreciate. Yeah, and when it comes to him, it's and it's something that I'll touch on with my second choice here in a second, I never had a ton of exposure with um, Ice Cube, but instead it was, like, his most popular song, right? It was a good day. Like, that was, mm -hmm. that was my initial introduction to him. I was still really young. I don't remember how young. Um but that's one of the first things I remember hearing from him. And then I didn't hear another song consciously for years uh, when I started. And I'll touch on it in a little bit, but like when I started to listen to hip hop, truly all of these artists, I guessed, I guess like prime had already come and gone. Um, so I'll, I'll get like that. We'll talk about that when we get to like rap today, but um yeah, no, I, I had only heard the singles and stuff like that. Um, and that that's kind of like with my, my second step, which if it, the first one was Biggie, the second one's obvious, right? It was Tupac. And it was from uh, All Eyes on Me. And okay. that's, that is the song that I heard. It was All Eyes on Me. To this day, that might, I can't say definitively it's my favorite Tupac song, but it's definitely one of them. I just... I love the cadence. I love the vibe. I love the message. It's just, that's, that's just peak him to me, but also that album has pretty much, I'm not going to say all of his biggest hits, right? But it has ambitions as a writer, has California love. It has all eyes on me. You know, it was f just amazing album to me. I absolutely fell in love with it. This is one that I actually got to listen to like, how I said hypnotize, I didn't get to go and listen to it that night. Ambitions as a writer, like, uh, sorry, uh, all eyes on me. Like that was something that a friend introduced me to like in school, um, on the good old fuck. What were they called? Walkmans or whatever. Walkman. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah. Sony Back Walkman. The yeah. Sony Walkman. Like people listen to that or hear that. And they're, you know, anytime born past 2005, they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> they have no idea. Um, but I got to explore this album a little more and this is like, I started to re this was my introduction to West coast rap and I fucking loved it. Like it was way different. Um, love the, the grittiness behind it, you know, the power behind his words and stuff like that. It was just, just another level for me. I loved them. Well, and like that album, that album had such like range on it. Right. Yeah. Like, you go from songs, like, like when we talk about, like, the mainstream songs off of there, like, two of America's Most Wanted, to, like, I Ain't Mad At You. Like, yeah. that, they could have been two separate albums. And most people, if they didn't know that album, wouldn't know any different. 
I mean, there, there, there was like a, there was like a double disc, and both, both uh, had yeah. like at least 13 tracks uh, on them. I think one had 14 and one had 13. So yeah. Yep. Well, fucking like insane. The crazy, the crazy thing with Tupac was there weren't skits. You know, like that was a that was kind of a popular trend. Kind of started in that era was like the rap skits, where you had like a minute long skit placed yep. in the middle of a, a CD. And no, that those albums are 60, 70 minutes of just him just pouring out everything that he's got, you know? Yep. So, like, overall, like, 27, if it's 14, 13, 27 songs, and on both CDs, like, it's just stacked. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's one of, I think it's one of the best albums. Also, um, big big controversy because he had Red Man and Method Man on one of the tracks, I think, on disc one, if I yeah. remember collect- correctly. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, because they would have been. Yep. Disc one, song number yeah. four, got my mind made up. Boom. So, yeah, that was that was step two for me. I absolutely love the album, and just over time, like I've only grown to appreciate it. But that being said, that phrase "only grown to appreciate it more" that stands out for all of us with pick number three. Your yours, Tani, is a little more specific, but. Wu Tang, for yes. all of us, was the, the next step. The Wu, I, I saw Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey had his notes already, and he had like the Wu Tang on it. And I was like, I want to do the Wu Tang, but specifically, well, I want to shout out my favorite Wu Tang member, Jizza the Genius. Yeah. Like his al- his uh, his album Liquid Swords. It just that that cemented everything for me. Like this is what I love. This is this is my. This is my music. That just the first album, like he has like a, a like a one and a half minute intro of uh, of Shogun Assassin, where where it's just brutal, where you hear just a woman getting sliced up by ninjas, and it's just it's 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 amazing. It's just I can't say anything bad about it. Jeff. Yeah. See if I if I was gonna go if I was breaking it down to individual members, I'd, I'd probably go like either like Ghostface or like. Maybe Inspector Deck. Inspector like, Deck is the ly- most lyrical, gifted, but but like the Jizza has such a cadence, such a such a specific yeah. storytelling to him that I just I I, I love it. It was it, always RZA for me, dude. <laughs> it was always RZA. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, without the RZA, there is no Wu Tang. I mean, he yeah, he, he he like he made every album since like uh, he made uh, f- pretty much every one solo album. God, yeah. I don't, man, it just felt, I, I always just love his cadence, and then I know we're, like, getting too ahead of ourselves when I say this fast-forwarding, but, like, when they came back into that song with the Logic, like, when I heard him come on the, the track again for the first time, like, I got chills, I was like, that's him, dude, like, yeah. I, I don't know, I, it felt so good. You know, you while, saying, we, Jeff? while we dunked on rap movies or musical movies earlier, I have to actually say I actually really love the Hulu show uh, for the Wu-Tang Clan. I think it's just I called the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, it's there called, is like, an one, American and I'm story. mad as hell that it's not on Disney Plus over here yet because we don't have the Hulu. Oh. It so. it is actually like really good, and it it doesn't glorify a story. It's really creative, and it it, it starts way before like Wu Tang even starts as a group. Like it it's super cool. I I cannot say enough good things about that show. While while I, it's easy to dunk on rap movies or music movies that show kind of holds its own. And I think it's because the Wu as a whole is who they are. 
you know, there, there are so many diverse people in that group, not even just lyrically, but like mentally, spiritually, that it'd be hard to like glamorize one and at not the expense of the other, you know? Right. So it, it really is a testament. And I mean, you look right down the list and every one of them has put out albums and songs that are just, you know, tenants of rap history, solo and as a group. Absolutely. I think like, it's what like what would if not the most, where would you put it in the most iconic albums to ever come out in rap? You mean in what in the Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh Thirty Six Chambers, like when we talk about rap Oh Top three. Probably top three, yeah. Yeah. I'd okay. I'd I'd say top three is like the definitive albums of hip hop. Is uh is uh Wu Tang, uh Thirty Six Chambers, uh mm-hmm. Dr. Dre the Chronic, and um damn yeah see it's like then then it's then it becomes either uh uh, uh Ready to Die or or Tupac's uh what's what's the album that Brenda's Got a Baby is on. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, no, that's see, hard, man. If I, man, if I was, if I was honestly going with like, if I was going with like a Tupacalypse now, bam. Yeah, Tupacalypse now. Man, if I had to put it, I'm, I'm probably going straight out of Compton number one, thirty six chambers number two, and then I might go, and this is gonna sound like a weird swerve. I might go flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Oh, don't underestimate the DMX now. That's 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 like he was yeah. a whole, he was a whole thing. Because it was hard not to look at that album and be like, "What am I looking at?" And then you heard that album, and it was just like, I've, "I I gotta know more." I've like, seen I've seen him live once, and that was just the most insane concert I've ever seen. Well, part of what makes DMX so interesting is like he his concerts are kind of like. Almost like a, a like a Baptist church, like with the call and yep. answer, like that he plays to the crowd that way lyrically, and like the way that he does that is just, was just masterful. I mean, it really was. But like that album, that it, that's why I have to put it at like number three. I mean, there's so much weird and good stuff on there, and I I mean weird like you don't expect it when you look at that album. But like, but like going back to the woo, like that has to be number two because like. Everything about that album is just... I remember as like a kid seeing that and being like, what am I looking at here? And like, I love this sound. This is great. The album has all the members mask on their face, you know, in kind of a weird, blurry, distorted photo, big Wu-Tang Clan behind them. I mean, that, that, that album is just so iconic for me. Yeah, absolutely. I have been in absolute turmoil. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've been trying to think of my three. I think it's. I think number one is Thirty Six Chambers for me. Uh, number two would be All Eyes on Me, but number three is someone we haven't even touched on yet. And I think I'm gonna go Illmatic from Nas. Ooh, also mm. a banger. Yeah. Like I could al- also go Midnight Marauders from a Tribe Called Quest. That's also yeah. like high, high. I mean uh, that. 
these are all artists I have in my daily playlist that I listen to all the time. So, yeah, I, just, I mean, so many good like or like. Oh man, that but, was the golden era. Like, oh, absolutely just so many good albums, dude. Like every, so, like even now, if I have like the most shittiest day, I can just put on Thirty Six Chambers. Or the, I put on Protect Your Neck, and just from the moment mm-hmm. you hear Inspector Deck's first verse, like I yep. smoke on the mic, like smoking Joe Frazier. I'm just, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Smile See, on my for face. Me, for me, it's Cream off that album. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. I yes. just, you cannot like. When old birdies cream, cream are singing me, at the start, like uh, cream, just cream on the for back me is neck. like cream is like their best song, but it's like mm-hmm. um um it's like Stairway to Heaven. Like I've heard it so many times that that it's it's beginning to le- have like this pull on me. Like mm, <laughs> you know, I love so it. It's cream. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, but mm. <laughs> uh, it's like it's one of those oh. songs that I I uh, I can't. It's I love it so much. Right? Yeah. But if I'm listening to a song off that album, it's mm, it's probably Bring to Ruckus, yeah. especially uh, in the gym or something like that. Like that's probably my number one played song from it. But Cream is right there too. Well, and like the really cool thing that somebody has gone and done with that album, if you ever look at the Wikipedia page for it, they literally break down song by song, like who's on the chorus, who's on the first verse, like second, third, fourth verse, right? And then they break down what samples are in there. Because, like, when you talk about, like, bands that have mastered the art of sampling, it, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, yeah. that's it. That is it. There's nobody else that samples in the way that they do with the range that they do. And, like, I mean, it, you just look at that list of, like, things that are sampled in that album. And you're just like, how unbelievably musically gifted you know it are they, i mean it, it's it's masterful you know it really is like in the pantheon of musical history you know enter the 36 chambers has to be talked about because it's it's so much of its own while being so much of everything else and yeah. it's just great yeah lyr- that's what made it special is how much of its own it was and lyrically yeah, well, i mean they they pull like from from like uh, martial arts movies and they have yeah. like comic book references and like and like everything everything combined like the RZA's like unique crazy ass style of sampling it's just yeah. I mean who who has like 30 fist of Shaolin who who has like a minute sample on on a on a random track like the mystery of chess uh, like the mystery of chess boxing like that that's whole like it, it that's how it sucked me in is what exactly what you just said was the like it wasn't tr- traditionally what I had heard. Like there was the martial arts shit, there was the comic book shit, and hearing this, like after this was a little bit after you know the the all eyes on me talk that I just had. Like hearing stuff like that when as a kid, this was when I was starting to develop my love for like kung fu movies or those old samurai movies and i'm starting to really you know get into comics and i'm starting to like superheroes and i'm watching spider-man on the fucking tv every weekend like i was getting into nerdy shit so then i start listening to wu-tang and it's like done like it hooked me i was like oh my god this is one of the coolest albums i've ever listened to well and like like for me it's like when that first time you hear like method man right like that's the only song that is like primarily just one member right and like 
that song is just so complex, even in its own. Like, it really showcased, you know, one member, and then it was like, but every member of the Woo is on that same level. And, like, it's always interesting to me that that was the one, and I think it's just because Method Man's probably very hard to ignore in a room. You know? I mean, somebody that is that raw in how he delivers, and, you know, I just, I, yeah, I cannot say enough good things about this album. Like, I was I was so excited because I knew I'd get to talk about it with Tani, who I knew loved this album probably as much as I did. Yeah. And that, that is part of why I was really excited to be here tonight, because this is, like, I mean, I, I'm still anticipating the first time that my son hears the song Cream and, like, I can watch his head nodding. It's a little too grown up for him, but hey, you know, someday. Um, someday. But, like, yeah, someday, right? Uh, but, like, it, it was such a good primer for years to come because the Woo doesn't put out albums every year, you know? And I, I just, yeah, I cannot say enough good things about Enter the Woo Day. Well, that being said, that is where we started with hip hop. That is pretty much that covers a a good span too. Like that's three. Well, how many? One, two. There's some numbers in there. That's six or so vastly different. You know, artists, eras. It's all from the same era, but you know, spanning a few different years. You could see the styles progress and stuff like that. And that kind of takes us to where we're moving on now, which is hip hop today. Um, it, we're we're gonna we're gonna fast forward a little bit and mix things up from the traditional route that we follow when we do like a a dissection of a genre. So when I say hip hop today, I mean let's let's talk everything past what we just uh, talked about. I mean, I went like when do you guys feel like the see? I want to say modern era, right? But now that I think modern era, that just means I'm I'm. I'm older because my modern era, like if I were if I were going to like pinpoint it on a time frame, so this is what I was gonna touch on just a few minutes ago. When I started to listen to hip hop, the big artists that were out at the time, it was like uh Lil John Ludacris, Yin Yang twins, yeah. uh like just you know, Lil John, like all of these different are like that was my modern hip-hop that's when mm. i came into the genre so i started going back and listening to a lot of the stuff that you guys were growing up with while i might have been introduced to hip-hop early my listening to it stayed pretty consecutive up until this era that i'm talking about now like with listening to either biggie tupac or wu-tang um with a couple of extra things sprinkled in there like a tribe called quest for instance or something like that but when i started to truly get into the genre it was it was that time frame let's just call it the 02 to 05 era so that's when rap really started to change for me for like from what i knew it as and then now we have it as something that's even more completely different than that right like it's so much different now it's, it's from those days that we just talked about up until now it almost looks like that fucking sequence from Loki when the timelines start to branch out. Like there's so many different subsects of this genre that we call hip hop. There's so many different styles of artists and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I want to talk about. Let's just throw it all in the mix. It's a it's a, a smelting pot. Um, how do we feel about hip hop today? I think it's like maybe the most diverse and interesting genre by by proxy of how. It, it doesn't have to play by rules. 
right? Like, it really doesn't. There's no style guideline that says this is hip-hop, right? And I, I think that's the amazing thing. I think it's a huge backlash compared to that early 2000s of hip-hop, right? Where, like, yeah, Ludacris and Jay-Z and Lil Jon, they all had their own sound, but, like, by and large, when you watched, like, those music videos, they all kind of were the same, right? Like, yep. Nelly's videos, yep. they're all the same. Um, and I don't think, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but I think, I think modern hip hop essentially just kind of looked at all that, threw it out the window, right? Like it, it doesn't need to matter anymore. It's there. People can appreciate it, you know, but it, it does it really matter. Those songs don't hold up. They're not going to hold up 10 years from now. They barely hold up now. A yeah. lot of them, you know, there, there's some artists that do like, I, I look at the early 2000s rap and like I was listening to like Far Side and like Pastor Troy, um, you know, and I, I think those kind of artists matter. Bone Crusher didn't matter, but like um I, I think it's kinda interesting that's where you started, but yet you started listening to the older stuff, and maybe that's a good thing because some of that stuff just hasn't aged well from that era. So right, I mean what what you're saying is Chingy is not cool anymore yeah <laughs> i mean oh, you can always find me at the holiday inn okay oh i forgot about chingy dude, dude what's he yeah. up to right now uh, dead, the I holiday think. Inn. Dead? Oh, wor- is he actually dead working at walmart or something oh shit his career's dead what yeah. you're saying but yeah. like, uh. so like interestingly enough to me like I, I look at rap as like it's both geographically the same right like like, for a while, you could tell when an artist was from the Dirty South versus, like, Louisiana, right? Versus New Orleans. But, like, now it's just anything goes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and I and, absolutely appreciate and it. And even Dirty South, like, if, you ha- if you're talking about, like, the early 2000s, you would, you would have, like, uh, like, we all first knew Outkast, of course, like, ATL. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then we got, uh, then, well, actually, Ghetto Boys, but they weren't as popular as outcast of course but you got like paul wall and paul wall sounded completely different than and than like a, a ying yang twins or an or a little john or or uh david banner or like you had so many different styles of dirty south like three six uh yeah. three six mafia was like uh totally different like and that was also considered dirty south Back then, I don't know if it's now, but I, I always see that's weird for me because I always considered three six horrorcore because they were and we were talking about this earlier in Discord in a chat, it but blew like blew me away. I I what did I still listen to the Insane Clown Posse? No, did you say you considered three six horrorcore? Yeah. Oh, that one did take me aback. I was yeah. please talk. <laughs> no, well, okay, so like three six to me like. I was introduced to 3-6 Mafia because of the Insane Clown Posse. So in my brain, they're just wired that way. But like when you look at 3-6 Mafia, they started out as a horrorcore kind of rap group. Like Their early stuff is very dark compared to a lot of their more modern stuff, for sure. Yeah, because when yeah. I think of 3-6, I, I think of songs like Stay Fly or Pop In My Collar. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people do, and that that's fine. They're they're immensely talented in the same way that the Wu is. There's so many members and yeah. so many diverse styles. But like when you look at like some of their first couple albums, like Mystic Styles or Chapter Two World Domination, like 
nah, like that that stuff's horrorcore, man. And they didn't do it individually either, which is kind of interesting because like you look at like Project Pat's Getty Green or like uh, Juicy J's The Juice Man, like none of that stuff is horrorcore. It has some of the trappings of it, but I think a lot of that is like DJ Paul at that time. That's just crazy to me because I think when I think of three six, I think of like when I, I'm not gonna, mm, I'm not gonna say I feel like they paved the way for a lot of sounds today, but I feel like they were definitely influential. But I think I never correlated them with horrorcore just because I don't have that early listening. Tawny, did you listen to the early stuff for three six? Uh, some of it, but like, uh, like hip hop is, was like so hard to get by here and like in the early, like internet changed a whole lot. So most of my early two thousands was like deep diving into like obscure hip hop and like, especially like, because I like boom bap rap and, and, and KRS one and stuff. I went like, uh, like, uh, I went deep diving into Tribe Called Quest, uh, uh, LL Cool J, I went like a whole deep dive in and like, so, so no, 3-6, Interesting. I had some, like the, 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 like some popular songs, but yeah, no, not, not really, not really as deep as, uh, as Jeff, but like I was, but I was like, a, I had a time period where I was like heavily listening to like Jedi Mind. Yeah. So Vinny Pass and Ill Bill and uh, Necro came on. Like there was a weird period where I listened to Necro and Coca Nostra and all that stuff. So that's like the three six did did pop in through there. But so, yeah. So when we th- so let's that's like early two thousands. Fast forwarding yeah. to today. I wonder. I'm. I'm curious right now. So let's let's take just off the top one each, like someone that we. I, but I'm doing this because I'd like to see where each of us falls on the spectrum, right? So let's just take one modern artist. Like who is someone that we actively listen to? Jeff, let's start with you. Like a modern artist, like today's music, like they're releasing Ooh. music this year, you know, or last year, something like that. Like who is a modern artist that you listen to? Um. Okay, so all three of mine that I put in there are are my modern. Uh, so pick what? another one. Oh, that isn't on my list. Yeah, that isn't on your list. So this is going somewhere else. Mm. Modern day artist. Panic. That I, listen to. <laughs> I hear my I hear my Dutch brother laughing. So yeah. it's kind of throwing me off. Go for it. You go first, Tony. You're you're a distinguished guest. I gotta think for a second. So my uh, modern artist, I got uh, I I got like top of the head. I found him like a couple of years ago, I think like last year or maybe two years. Time is weird since COVID, but I found him. Yeah. I found I found him on TikTok. His name is Armani White, and he has a okay. and he has a song called Stick Up. It's uh, one minute and twelve seconds, and he spits like fifty bars. He, oh shit! He is okay. very fast. He is, uh, and he, and you can still understand the words that he's saying. And it, 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 he has like a rhyme schedule that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, damn, that's creative. Oh, because shit, this is the dude that did Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, he did Billie Eilish just like recently, like. Oh damn! But yeah, he like stick up like like uh, like his his opening is if I mean if I am not in your top five then what the fuck is your argument like that's that's the start of the song. 
Like okay, big bolsterous. So, exactly what yeah, hip hop is. Yeah, big bolsterous claim. Exactly, exactly what hip hop needs to be, to me. And I like that. I like that kind of braggadocious. Yeah. Style almost. Jeff, do you have another one, or do you have? Yeah, one? yeah. So, um, I had to think for a minute, and it was partially just trying to come up with somebody that that I didn't have on the list. So somebody that I listen to a lot is this, uh, there's this Jacksonville rapper, uh, named Fulio that I like, um, <laughs> relations to, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, sadly, no. Uh, but also we may not be hearing a lot more music from him. Uh, but yeah, he, I, he's Why? one of those that, uh, he made a song about all of his dead ops, in which now there's uh, some there's some police questioning, I, like I how many of these that. were you involved yeah. in? I read yeah, about you, that. You probably shouldn't make a music video about people that you smoked. That's probably a bad idea. Uh, so I I, I stalled because I was like, I probably shouldn't include this. And at this point, it's, it's out fine. there. It's yep. in. He makes a really cool like. How do I put it? He he has a really unique style and a really unique delivery. Um, he has this song called like "Why Won't You Play With Me" that is really interesting because it sounds like almost like '80s synth pop that he's like rapping over. It's really hard to explain. Um, it's really cool, and he does some really experimental stuff because um, you don't see a lot of people in the rap game like pouring out their heart about girls that broke up with them and stuff and then in the next song he's talking about his dead ops so like it's kind of hard to say him you know you hope that maybe this is all misunderstanding and we get more sure. from him where it's that's the good it stuff was. huh yeah i said that's definitely it was just a misunderstanding yeah, i was yeah, about to say I, like i, I love it. it when they are creative about the way they murder people like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. lovely like have no, some pride the, in your work <laughs> yeah it's all about job satisfaction uh Speaking of which, you know, Diz, don't forget, we got to get our employee satisfaction surveys into the boss man this week, okay? You're, okay, yeah, yep, I'm not yep. satisfied. Yep, uh, I am. All five. Fuck you, uh, pay me. <laughs> no, but um, Fulio has, like, some really interesting lyrical content there that is just, I, I hope that you can hear more of it, but also if he, you know, is involved in all this and was dumb enough to make a music video about it, then, yeah, but... You know, we'll see. Uh, he actually wound up making a part two to it also. So, like, once wasn't oh, enough. Oh, double down. I like be, that. Yeah. I like that. Let's just yeah. go all in, dude. Yeah. And I better write his lawyer and see if he needs, like, a part-time help yeah, or like something. Follow up. He should sample yeah. uh, Roger Wade's, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. If he, if he likes to be it's experimental. Re <laughs> yeah. Reach out so, to Wu-Tang. They'll show you how to sample. Yeah. So when we talk about like like modern rap that I listen to, I think it'd be like an artist like him or like um, any of like the OTF guys from Chicago. I listen to a lot of Chicago drill rap still. So also for the record, like I I haven't mentioned, but Kendrick Lamar is like the biggest is like my favorite mainstream artist at the moment. Like okay, like, but that shouldn't have been like I I, I guess we all are in agreed agreement on that. But I was like yeah, he, he is so big. Like he doesn't need so, he doesn't need more appreciation. Well, I'm about to double down on that even. So the reason I was doing this is because how Jeff started this is talking about how diverse hip hop is today, and I think that's very factual. Yeah. Um, you named Armani White, which I didn't know by name, but looking him up, of course, I know Billie Eilish. Like it's one of the biggest songs right now. It's fucking great. It's on my gym playlist. Like I fucking love it. 
Um, Fulio, I hadn't heard of, right? Um, I just never. You said it, and I thought you were joking, but um, yeah, no, he he, real person. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I didn't know the name, but uh, one of these podcasts I listened to, your mom's house, they had like a whole segment about the news article that that they described, and then Tom Segura was just like laughing about how stupid he was that he committed that he like oh, basically. Oh, I did see that Tom Segura shit actually. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. so he he made that music video. It, this is gonna be bad. He made that music video because another rapper made a music video doing the same thing about all his homies. Over like Vanessa Carlton's uh, thousand miles, right? Oh my like, god! It, yeah, it's called like "Who I Smoke," and like it's a bunch of dudes rapping on a golf course, like waving shirts of people they've killed, and they're just like, "I think, oh my I god, how that. dumb can you be?" And, but Didn't like, you send me that, probably. Yeah, but like, Julio <laughs> then just was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna give you two songs of the people I smoke." So like, yeah, not the smartest crayon in the box, but uh. Yeah, dude. You know, when make he's it... making real music, it's really cool. Make it make it hypothetical. We don't have to be factual with it. Like, you know, yeah. let's let's be yeah. smart about just, this. Just say allegedly yeah. before every rap you do, and you'll be fine. Spoken like my favorite client, Tony. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, my fa- like one of my top artists right now in modern hip-hop is Jack Harlow. Um, so, when you said Kendrick Lamar... He, I think that's a, a thousand percent. Like he is one of the best in the world. Like he can tell a story. He can capture an audience. He's just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, that new album um, is just phenomenal. Yes, um, Jack Harlow for me is just different. Like he is a very mainstream rapper. Yeah, but he just he brings something different to the table. He does his own thing, and he he just has his own cadence, has his own flow, has his own sound, and the song, I, I, I always downplayed it. I'm not gonna say it's the first song that I heard, but the song that truly got me to listen to him was "Dark Knight." Um, that song just—if it doesn't make you want to fight someone, you're not doing it right. Like, it's just—it hits so hard, and he has such a good cadence on it. Um, I fell in love with it. And then I just started listening to all, all of the songs he had put out up until then. And then even now, like hearing songs play on the radio, like nail tech, like it's just fucking good. I love everything about it. It's just unique to him. Um, but I, I, I asked you guys this and I didn't have Jack on the list either, but it's just, yeah. it kind of solidifies Tony, uh, Jeff's point. It's diverse. And we just, the three that we named, we didn't plan it, but they're three vastly unique styles. If I asked you that same question, we could do it again. And the next three that we choose, I guarantee would probably be different than the ones that we just chose. Um, especially Jeff, because Jeff dives into so much crazy shit. Like, I feel like every artist that you listen to in terms of hip hop, like modern day hip hop, mm-hmm. is what a lot of people don't no or they don't have the opportunity to I'm, listen to i'm pretty sure that one of these rappers that he has on his on his list here is like he has like 15 listens on soundcloud and jeff is like 10 of them Has to be. <laughs> that, there's there's one that's not far off there <laughs> so that that's just what's crazy to me and i think that's a good point jeff it's like that's why modern hip-hop is so special 
It's like, I'm not going to say, you know, the golden era that we were just talking about was all the same stuff. It wasn't. You know, mm -hmm. it was vastly different. Their stories were unique to them. Their strifes, their battles, their, you know, everything that they spoke about. It was very unique to them, and it was something new. Something that was newly introduced to the world, it seemed like, and it was great. And then those, that, that kind of lull came that we were talking about, like those early thousands uh, artists, like they were, like you said, like all the music videos were the same, every single fucking one, pretty much. There were yeah. uh, they're, they're occasional bystanders, but wasn't anything special. So yeah. that's why I think my, it's just, I think I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. It's like you said, it's the, the most diverse genre and it's true. And it's mo what makes it so good. Um, but all of that said, let's let's fast forward. Let's go into um, our favorite artists. Let's just talk about them because I don't even fucking know. Look, look, looking at two of Tani's, I have no idea what they are. And you, you're just something special. So we'll get into this now. Wait, I'm um, special? Yeah, because again, I I, rec I didn't even know any of these were things aside from the last one. So look, the only thing if we're gonna if we're gonna point out special, I'm. I'm I want somebody to fact check me here, okay? While we talk about early 2000s rap, I could still name off all the members of the St. Lunatics. Okay? That was, Nelly's, was that? Nelly's version Nelly's version of D12. Oh, shit. It was I was going to say Nelly's version of G-Unit, but yeah, same yeah. same difference. Nelly, yeah. Allie, Murphy Lee, Kaiwan, Spud, Slow Down, I think. Check facts. Yeah. Comment on the podcast. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that my brain can remember that. It should not by any circumstance. You crazy person. could have cleared that out of your mind and saved like extra memories of your kid, but instead you can just name all of them. Yeah, yeah, I probably shouldn't be able to remember that. That's terrible. That's, yeah, I can I can yeah. still sing word for word every every song of uh End Together now from There we this, go. This <laughs> album of so it it was hard not to put that on here when we're talking about rap albums. I was no. I was gonna say my, one of my favorite tracks is like the one he did with Method Man. It's so good, still. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole episode just dedicated to Limp Biscuit, I guess, one day. Yeah. Please do. Uh, please invite me. <laughs> That's when Tawny's back. That's <laughs> when we're all talking about Limp Biscuit. Um, Googling I'll get when my, is Fred I'll get my red uh, Yankee cab on. <laughs> I, I get my I get my Kalkani Durst. I get my Kalkani jeans, my oversized white T-shirt. Oh my god! I'm gonna I did curse not at my mom. Jinkos. Fred I'm Durst. Curse at my mom, and then we'll go. Fred Durst's birthday, August twentieth. My birthday, August twenty second. I knew uh, there was a spiritual connection 5th. there. <gasps> it's coming up within a month, just so you know. It's like Fred's right between us. It's that. Don't sit. okay. So okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll Tony, you. your your first favorite artist. My first favorite artist is a trio of uh, of uh, two MCs and a DJ, and I I feel like they are the saviors of fun, creative boom bap rap, and that is Zarface. It's esoteric, inspect the deck, the legendary, and DJ Seven L. So I've never heard of them. That's interesting. And Jeff, have you heard of them? Okay, so obviously I've heard of Inspected Deck. Oh, um, well, yes. I'm, yeah. So I've heard of Sarface. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest, he wasn't one that I was totally familiar with, but I've been listening to him here today. 
and I gotta say, I really liked like uh, was it Bomb Throne and Nightcrawler? Yeah, like, yeah, they two, they have like, like they have like two super two cool. albums they done with uh, with uh, the late great MF Doom. They got like a whole yeah. collab album they done with Ghostface. It's just, yeah, it's just it's it's like it's raw, it's it's really boom bap rap. It's creative, it's fun, and it's it's like it's it's just like it started as a side project because uh, Inspector Deck was like uh, like uh, Wu Tang only does like albums like once every five years, and this is like something else to get like their creative juices flowing. So it started as a fun little project, and it just became so much more. See, and I, I, I thought that was super cool when I was listening to it. I, you know, MF Doom is like one of those. Like, I almost feel like we could do like a whole thing on like independent hip hop, right? Like those self-made yeah. artists, and like yeah. to talk about MF Doom, like I could spend an hour talking about my love of that yeah. guy. Yeah, MF Doom. You know? Your favorite rapper's favorite rapper is MF Doom. Yep. Yeah. And it's such a shame that he's not with us anymore. I mean, just an unbelievably underappreciated artist, you know, that unfortunately didn't get a lot of attention until he died, but like yeah, also yeah. had huge attention by the people that knew of him. Yeah, that's it. Like, like he's not joking when he says your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like he was fucking legendary. Yeah. Like he is credited by so many just fine mainstream artists, yes, but if you listen to who like a lot of the independent artists um truly love and look up to, he is always always right there number one or number two, like it is always MF Doom. Yeah. And yeah. he's been he's been active or he was active like since the late nineties, so he was like always like just beneath the thir- surface, like always just barely breaking through, not breaking through, like like but just an incredible, incredible talent. So creative. He passed last year, right? Was it last year? Uh, uh yeah, twenty one, twenty twenty one, or twenty twenty twenty, late twenty twenty, and they told it in twenty twenty one. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did uh his last project. The last project he did that came out was Superbot with 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 Sarface. It was like uh their second collab album. That's crazy, man. I had no idea of, like, like Jeff said, inspect the deck. Of course, I know, but everything else correlated with this, I had no idea about. Yeah, I've only dis- I've only discovered them, uh, like, in, again, your mom's house. Like, Tom Segura was a huge fan of them, and he had them on, and he was in like in the video of like their like the third or fourth album. And I was like, "What the Tom fuck?" Tom Segura was in the video. Yeah, they had uh, an album. That's amazing. Yeah, that's like they had an album. The odds are against us, and the opening track, Bizarro, is the video clip is also shot in the your mom's house studio, and it has Christina and Tom doing a podcast and everything. Like it's amazing. That's really sick. I had no idea. Yeah, I love Tom Segura. Yeah, me too. He's like one of the one of my favorite comedians. Again, yeah, story. I, I I love storytellers. So like in hip hop, in right. music, in comedy, right? And he's yeah. just someone I can correlate with. Like his style of comedy is pretty much right there with how, everything I laugh at. Yeah, just the delivery is the, impeccable. Yeah, that uh, GHB overdose story he has on uh, on uh, on this is not happening is just amazing and. I felt so, like, 
hey, I've been in that situation. Yeah. But not quite. There's relatability <laughs> in there. Yeah. And the fucking two bears, one cave shit. Oh, yeah. cracks me up, too. Yeah, him and Bert Kreischer are just, like, yeah. insane. Um, We need to have a fucking uh, episode. It's not, like, music music, but where we just talk about some bomb-ass podcast. Yeah. Yes. Where we d- don't talk about our own. Yeah. Oh, you mean Spotify's number 102 podcast, not yes. like Spotify's yes. number 101 podcast. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite po- <laughs> your favorite podcast, favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh MF Hunting Pixels. <laughs> uh um Jeff, yeah. Take me down the lane of one of your favorite artists. Yeah, so I put an artist on here. I'm going to just start at the top. I'm going to go with Maxo Cream. Uh, Maxo Cream is, if you've never heard this guy, he is, he is like, I, I want to say he is the future of Texas rap. Like, Texas rap has always kind of been its own thing. Like, going all the way back to, like, Lil Flip, right? Like, they like their cars low, wide, and loud, right? Chopped and slapped. Um but like Maxo Cream takes that and he's kind of evolved it. He's a, an amazing storyteller that tells these like really poignant stories while still like, you know, keeping it in the streets, right? Like he keeps it in what he knows, but like also tells these like really beautiful stories at the same time. And he calls it like it is. Um, on the playlist this week, there's a song called Roaches. Yep. And it's all about him, you know, growing up and growing up poor and you know what life was like and like comparing it to how all these like i want to put like i will say like mainstream rap right like like we'll say your six nines you know guys that have face tats and you know teardrop sound or teardrop face tats but have never put in work right like whereas you have an artist like maxo who he, he had a rico indictment against him and his boys like you have to fuck around real hard to do that, right? Like, that doesn't just happen. Um, but, like, you know, he talks about that, and he's like, I. you could hear him say these lyrics, and you could hear him say, like, I've learned my lesson about the streets, and I'm trying to do better, right? Um, there's a song where he's talking about, like, you know, how he was in Las Vegas at the Mayweather fight when a hurricane tore through Dallas and flooded his mom's house that she worked so hard to get him and his family out of the hood that they, they, him and his family moved here from Nigeria. So like it, it, you kind of get this like point of like a really poignant story. And you're like hearing this man kind of like both lyrically grow up, but like also tell the story of how he grew up and like all his albums are that I, I cannot say enough really good things about Max. So cream, I mean, all of his albums, um, pumpkin, Brandon Bakes, way to the world. They're all, just phenomenal storytelling albums and it's you know stories from the trap stories from growing up like on all of his albums his his mom his grandma his grandparents like they're all on their on his albums he's very proud of his family he's proud of his family from the streets you know and it it comes through in his music and i i just cannot say enough good things about this guy i think he belongs in the conversation of modern hip-hop and he's somebody that you should really kind of keep an eye on because the momentum has just been building behind this guy since 2018. 
So I hadn't heard of him until I was listening through songs on the playlist today. Um, yeah. Roaches was the one I listened to. Dude, I vibe with it. Yeah. And yeah. like Granny's is kind of a weird song, but like Roaches is Roaches is awesome. And like his song with Trippy Red, like Trippy Red is not an easy artist to to like do a song with, right? Like cuz you don't yeah. know what Trippy Red's going to do and here like that song that he did Capiche was really interesting. Like I I like Trippy Red as an artist, but getting a guest spot from him, I you always hear people say like you don't really know what you're going to get from him. And Maxo is you know just pouring his heart out in his lyrics and it's he's he's really a, an amazing artist. I I cannot say enough good things about him. You know, he doesn't glamorize the streets, but he tells you what happens when you're on the streets. You know, he doesn't glamorize the violence. He tells you about his experience with violence. He doesn't glamorize jail. He tells you what jail's like. But, like, he does it in a way that you understand this is his first-hand experience. No, I added him to my list of artists. Well, pretty much everyone's on the playlist... I've started to add to like my collective listen to pool. Um, if you guys don't know, if you're listening to the podcast now, we do have a playlist edited every new episode that comes out. We'll stick it in the culture Bob, uh, Bob channel. And we have songs from the artists that we've been talking about added on there. Um, and dude, I've fucking, I've had the best time listening to this album. Um, because or sorry this playlist because you guys added some crazy shit like i i wound up taking a lot of what you uh put on there and added it to my own playlist it's great and uh <clears throat> capiche with uh trippy red like you were talking about also fantastic yeah yeah he's a he's quite an artist um i don't i'm torn on which one to do i don't think i'm going to go in order with mine which now bothers me um start from the bottom up First one I'm going to go with, just in terms of favorite artists today, is a is a guy by the name of G. Yamazawa. Um, this is a guy from uh, Durham, North Carolina, <clears throat> and he's he's not really well known, in my opinion. Like everyone that I in uh, my friend group, they never have heard of him, and his music's kind of not for everyone. I but I I really like it though because he's before he started his journey through hip hop, he was uh, like a, a poetry slam uh, competition goer. And you can tell that with how he delivers his um, bars, the cadence that he uses. And a lot of his music, especially from the album, like the one that I put on the playlist that we were just talking about, um, I put a couple of songs from the Shouts to Durham album. A lot of those songs kind of have a more old school vibe to them. Like not not super like you know the music doesn't sound like rustic or something but it, it's just like the flow that the music carries with it it kind of has themes reminiscent of the days that we were talking about at the beginning of this show um and he just he hits on a lot of great topics he a song that i have on a playlist called violence i mean the name says it all like it's just if you listen to the the message that he's trying to deliver it's makes you think and i feel like it's not that there's not a lot of that um in today's music you just have to know where to look and i think like a lot of really underrated artists have things that need to be heard um 
but I'm telling you, man, like when I when I when when I say this guy is a poet and a slam poet at that, you can hear it in the song Violence. It's just impeccable. And I'm trying to think of the exact lyric um that that made me fall in love. Like it was the first song that I heard from him. Uh, violence and it was it was a line that fucking captivated me i'm trying to pull it up now while awkwardly talking through this and then i chose the wrong fucking link so now it's going even worse um jeff give me a quick fact while i pull this shit up uh you're my lawyer fact me uh well i don't want to say quick fact but i do want to say special birthday oh my god to arrest Josh. Happy birthday, big boy. Uh, oh no, my God. I do want to say congratulations, though, to the Skyrise Excellence for moving into his house this weekend. So, so we'll, we'll say that. Justin. What? Yeah, he bought, he bought Long Island, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he is Times Square. <laughs> he is Times Square. Yeah. That just... the. Justin, he has this all fooled. I want you to know that. He he doesn't have oh, money. He doesn't even have it. money for a TV stand. It's on the floor right now. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, no, it's but, on the floor. No, it's it's no, because but, it's all custom. It's all because it's all custom made. I mean, like, do you know, you know how hard it is to get ivory these days for the t- for the what? TV stands? Sure. Oh, God. It's bohemian minimalism. Yeah. I hate all of this. <laughs> Make him feel bad, not good. Well, next time, have your links ready. I mean, he, it wasn't even. Uh, I mean, how does he feel bad? He's the one who has to. He has. He is the one who has to like kill elephants to get the ivory for the table. I mean, like he has enough on his conscience. It's true. It's true. Like, but no. Happy no, birthday, we, Josh. Happy yeah, birthday, happy Josh. Happy birthday, Josh. <laughs> Retirement next week. Yep. Yeah. So I can't. Unfortunately, like he's so not well known that I can't even find the the exact lyrics for the song, and it kills me because I listen to the song. And it's, um, I'll have to paraphrase it, but essentially it's, uh, he, he's talking about, you know, violence in today's standards and how there's always like, there's, uh, what's the word? There's a, there's like a, there's always a reason for it, I guess. You know, he's talking Mm -hmm. about violence in movies and video games and, stuff like that and like how there's always I'm, there's a word that i'm trying to find here like it's essentially those things are like the martyr for what's actually happening right mm-hmm. like even though it truly doesn't have anything to do with whatever <clears throat> violent act we're hearing like let's just say unfortunately any of the school shootings like how it's always back to video games or movies or something like that he's essentially just talking about how it's excuses and shit like that um and it's just wonderful. Like he has really great meanings behind a lot of his songs. He has fun songs, too. Like there's one I don't have it on the playlist. I think, but it's called uh, Yao Ming. It's from his most recent album, which was last year, the year before that. Um, and it's it's just a good fun song, like a more upbeat song that it doesn't have some deep meaning like violence, but it's still a good time. Um, but yeah, that's it's just I I think a lot of people should check him out. Um he he produces music at 
kind of a slower rate. Like he's not trying to release an album every year. I don't think he's trying to be, you know, the best rapper alive or anything like that, but he, he just makes great music. Um, I fucking wish I could have pulled up the lyrics page, but like dead ass, there's no, (laughs) there's no, there's not even a lyrics page for it. Interesting. Yeah. So that was my number one. I've, I fucking, I, I derailed everything. It's okay. At least we got some happy birthdays in. There we go. Yeah. Always good yeah. to have a happy birthday. Always yeah. good to have. And if, dude, people are listening to this and they don't know what the fuck we're talking about, just join the Culture Bob Discord and follow the Instagram page. You'll you'll see quickly enough what we're talking about. All right, follow Jeff, actually. Jeff's the one that harasses our boss. Yeah. I don't That's harass. I'm just working towards a five on my employee review. I think harass is definitely the word. (laughs) Look, HR hasn't talked to me yet, okay? Do we have any? What if I was HR? That'd be good. You know what? I'm going to call wildcard. Wildcard, okay. What does that mean? You're HR? Big Pop himself is HR. don't. Don't do that. He needs HR. He needs a therapist, dude. (laughs) We all need therapy. Okay. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. I like how I said he needs therapy and then it just went dead silent. Like we were all just collectively nodding like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Done <laughs> that's yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. It's okay. He understands he needs therapy. Um, okie dokie. Well, that was number one favorite artist. Let's go to number. I just said okie dokie. I'm like, what's supposed to be a hard ass podcast right now? Yeah. Okily dokily. I can't. I can't. How even, diddly ho, I mean, neighbor. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in theory, I'm getting better at editing these podcasts, but I don't even think I want to cut it out. I should, just no, to save face, in. I should. Yep, <laughs> on five, right? Yep, on yep. five. Uh, okay, <laughs> Tony, what's your number two? Man? My number two is actually a guy that came up on a reality show that was like idols, but for hip hop, it was on Netflix with Ti, Cardi B, and Chance the Rapper, and his name yeah, is D Smoke. And D-Smoke. D-Smoke, mm-hmm. and his style is just insane. He is very energetic, and he mixes in, uh, it It goes from English to Spanish to English to Spanish. Like, he goes on a, on a switch. Like, in mid-sentence, he switches up to Spanish, and it's just, it's insane. Yeah. That Yo, guy is He has a song with talented. Snow the Product. Yeah. Yeah, I've shared that one. It's it's yeah. called Debo. It's a very good. Uh, it's a very good song. He also has a song with Snoop Dogg, who he met on the on the show. His they... song "Shame on You" is like one of the coolest songs I think I've ever heard. I mean, it, it really is. Like that guy is really unbelievably talented. Like, Which song did he... you say? "Shame on You" is what it's called. "Shame on You." Yeah. I'm yeah. trying. I'm. I'm getting to like. This is the great thing about you two. So, I mean, we all have very defined things that we listen to, but you guys can bring me stuff that I've never even heard of. Like, I had no idea who D-Smoke uh, was until yeah. Actually, 30 the, seconds ago. You, you, should, uh, you should thank, not me, but but my lovely other half. She uh, she, she was the one who, uh, who put me up on D-Smoke. Yeah. D-Smoke. So she brought a little bit of America over to the Netherlands yeah. when you imported her. That and rice and beans. Right. Oh yeah, you want to talk about your rice yeah, and beans? That was that was like a religious experiment. I never had something like that. Like, dude, red beans and rice are fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Like she already like when she came over here like the thing Thanksgiving that was her first time uh, like actually meeting and she made like a green bean casserole and that was already good. That like yeah. I, and I didn't expect it like th that can't be good but yeah that was good. Oh it's fucking oh. amazing that's no, hilarious. No green bean dude. casserole yeah. yeah. It's good. I wonder sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Do you like sweet potatoes? Yeah yeah also had that I, I, yeah. grits is just something i can't like it's too heavy for me it's like i need a nap afterwards uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't grits is a good like post-workout i, thing, I right? can't be eating i can't be eating grit yeah she cooked it in the morning i was like i can't be eating this in the morning i need to go to work <laughs> it's like bedtime <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man no i fucking love that and i love that she brought like music that you can because you have a you're just like jeff like you have this vast array of just knowledge when it comes to this genre so it's it's crazy that she brought something and it's like it's something that you actually fell in love with too yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> so mr d smoke was for tawny and jeff tell me about bones yeah so bones is my number two on this list this guy like okay so have either of you ever heard of him i guess we'll say first nope nope okay thank god so Bones' real name is Elmo Kennedy O'Connor. Elmo. Uh, did you say Elmo? Yep. Yep. 100% okay. right. Uh, and he comes from a town actually not far from where I live, like a very, very small Michigan town. What, what, uh, what street? Just out of curiosity. What street? Yeah. No, I, I, I have no idea. Oh, just not yeah. Sesame? No, no, not Sesame Street. Okay. Oh, I'm following you now. No, he comes, <laughs> from, he comes from a town called Howell, Michigan, which is like I think it's probably like less than. I would be surprised if it's more than five thousand people. Like it's small, um, but like he is like one of those dudes that you could tell just spent years in his basement, like refining his craft, and he puts out a ton of like solo albums, and he's been doing this stuff since like two thousand twelve, and it's really dark, booming, heavily sampled stuff. Um, and, like, a couple of years ago, he started kind of getting out of, like, the SoundCloud era. He's he's one of those SoundCloud artists that you've never heard of but has hundreds of millions of plays, right? Um, he did a song with ASAP Rocky. He heard him, and he was like, I want to sample one of your songs on an album that I remade, like, all of my kind of famous ones. So ASAP Rocky did a cover of Canal Street with a bone song behind it. And it's just this, like thundering bass behind him like each of the three songs that i put on on our playlist this week like if you have bass in your system you will hear every bit of it um it you know he makes these really unique songs and it's hard to like describe him because it's more or less like he if you watch him sing his songs or you watch him rap it looks like he could care less. Like, he's just sitting there just, like, saying it. But his lyrics are super deep and, like, incredibly kind of introspective. But at the same time, he has no interest in, like, being on the radio. He has no interest on being on a label. You know, he wants to do his, his music his way. And I can really appreciate that, I think. Um, yeah. Can't say enough good things about this guy. So... Like, what kind of mental deficiency does he have? Because I'm scrolling through his uh, artist list on Spotify, and he has, like, uh, on average, four albums every year. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. And it's, wow. like, when albums I... with, like, 15 tracks, 20 tracks, 17 tracks, 18 yeah. tracks. Like. And it's been that way since 2012. 
Yeah, like, I'm, 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 I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. Um, in 2015, he put out six albums. Like, that's insane. Like, that's yeah. like Vinny Paz numbers. Yeah. he He's like one of those artists that, like, all he does is just crank out albums. He doesn't do a whole lot of live shows. He doesn't do a whole lot of music videos. He just, like... I mean, he does do live or live shows. I should not say that he doesn't, but, like... Like, you look at, like, his, his like tour history there it's almost non-existent right like he does go on them from time to time but i feel like it's more just like him humoring his fans in a way um but like i look at like his albums like there's like a chunk in 2017 where like he really took off and he had like disgrace unrendered failure and there's another one i think too where it was just like you could see him like kind of just like gaining that momentum and he was just like no look over here you know, I'm gonna show you something cool if you look, but you gotta look over here. I'm not gonna go find you. So yeah, yeah, bones would bones would be my number two. It's it's weird. It's it's cool. I think it's one of the most unique artists. I'm just I have on this list. Fucking scrolling through too. That's just incredible to me. Like I have never seen <clears throat> such a I guess a vast library from a single artist in such a short amount of time yeah, yeah. what the hell dude there are artists yeah. that we consider legendary that don't even got like half of what he's got right yeah true 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 and and he kind of evolved out of that emo rap scene so i mean if you go far enough back you kind of get into some of that but like it's still a lot darker and a lot heavier and a lot more boombastic kind of that's just crazy um so my number two ah fuck all right that's always a good one i'll go yeah (laughs) um i'll go with freddie gibbs i was i I was determining which one to do next but freddie gibbs for sure um so he's an artist i actually discovered through a video game for that video game being grand theft auto 5 um the song i believe was i think it was careless or careless on GTA five, I believe. Um, and then, or maybe it was another one. I'm not sure, but it was something on GTA five. And that night, like I heard it and then I was bummed because I heard like at the tail end of it or something. And I was like, I, I, I enjoyed that snippet. And I was like, I need to hear it. So I sat there and I waited and I wait, like I didn't know what the artist was, but every day I would play, I would listen out for the song. I knew what channel it was on and I'd listen for it. And I finally found it and I saw it was by Freddie Gibbs. So I started, I pulled up Spotify that night and I, I dove into this album, which was Shadow of a Doubt, which is one of my favorite albums Good uh, album. of all time now. Yeah, yeah. it is it's absolutely incredible. Um, so funny, that's how I discovered Jack Harlow on our uh, on uh, Forza Horizon Five last year. Oh, oh shit! I didn't because what songs on? Uh, he's he he did the track with uh, with Nas on uh, what's the hip hop channel? Oh, I didn't even know it was on there, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you know, shout out the video games for expanding our horizons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the, my my number three is how I I discovered it on Watch Dogs Two. 
Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's <laughs> a theme here. Jeff, I hope you don't let us down, and that's how you discovered your third one. Yeah. No. What EA no. game did you play <laughs> that had a yeah. suicide boss on it? Wait, I think they might have been on a video game. Now that I'm thinking, wait. Okay, okay. I'll let yeah, you Yeah, I'm at Google while you're talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that night I sat down and I listened to Shadow of a Doubt, and truly, I think Freddie Gibbs is like... I, I, so I've stopped having favorites like if i if you were to ask me who my favorite rapper is i couldn't tell you whether it was freddie gibbs or the next artist i want to talk about or jid or j cole or fucking you know Same. kid cuddy like i couldn't yeah. tell you who it is i have a tier list and these guys all fall in it he's definitely one of my favorite artists of all time yeah um yeah funny you should and, say you should say kid cuddy because freddie gibbs to me is like the the next evolution of what kid cuddy was with uh with his first album like in terms of like what do you what do you like storytelling yeah yeah yes that's an incredible like thought too because man on the moon is i think the oh it's it's getting into that territory but it's it's my favorite hip-hop album of all time yeah um and shadow of a doubt's right there and it's like <sighs> careless was such a good song but then i heard uh forever in a day yeah and it's top three songs of my lifetime i swear to god um it's just it's great because he is telling a story it's telling a story of all of the shit that he's gone through essentially and it's it's not good like i mean you can just imagine like it's just it's not good stuff but throughout the song like he says like without this like I wouldn't have anything to rap about. Like I wouldn't have anything to talk about. Like he doesn't hate the fact that he's gone through it. It's been hard, but because of the the struggles that he's gone through, like he has something now, and he's he's getting to tell his story and rap about it. And like that's what it's the you know the song is. It's like he says it in the in the lyrics. He says I'm going to make it even if it takes forever and a day now. And like the, all of the things that he went through got him here. And it just it hit me on another level. That's one of those songs where like I, I listened to it on repeat over and over for at least three times, just like really getting into the lyrics. It was so good. And then, um, I, I don't know if it was the next album. Let me, let me, let me do some fact checking real quick, but I believe God damn, he's produced a lot of albums or been on a lot of albums. It was not, it was, it was a three year gap between shadow of a doubt and the album Freddie. But on on the album Freddie, shit, that one was, I'm not going to say just as good, but it's fucking great. Um, Has a lot of phenomenal songs on there. Uh, That's, Jeff, is this the episode we're going to talk about, Greedo? It could be. Yeah, because this is like, I got introduced to 03 Greedo here, who, if I'm not mistaken, is currently in prison. No, Um, he just got paroled. He he got out? He's going to be. I think it's like November is the the date. Yeah. Yo, new music on the way. I need a. I need it. So that's Freddie Gibbs has a song on there called Death Row, and it's fucking great. It has O3 Greedo on there. Yeah, I'd love a uh, a reunion between those two. But this album's so good too. I he is a fantastic storyteller. Has a just magnificent voice. Like you just there's you you don't hear a lot of artists that sound like this. Yeah, um, and it's a voice that like grips you for storytelling. Um, just incredible artist nice. for number two. Nice. Nice. Um, 
number three now. Yeah, I had to make sure. Yep. So we're on to number three for. Mm, I won't mix it up. I was gonna mix it up, but then that that messes with my anxiety for some reason. So we're not gonna mix <laughs> it up. We're gonna go with it's fine. We'll go with uh, Tani again. Take get us started on the road to the end with number three. The road to the end is probably the hip hop duo that has the biggest mainstream mainstream success that I've talked about today, and that is the wonderful, the leg, legendary by this point, RTJ Run the Jewels. Oh yeah. yeah, it's uh like not gonna lie, I've I've been like kind of sick with hip hop over the last couple of years. I like was I was done with it. Like mainstream hip hop, just it's all the Drake and the or it's mumble rap or it's Drake and his bullshit. Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah all that shit. So I was like really out of it. And then funny enough, I w- I got a new game. And it was Watch Dogs 2, and it had Blockbuster Part 1 on it from the RTJ second album. And I love that. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was saying nice. Like, that was your introduction to them. That That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I stepped into, I stepped into the, like, uh, you hear it in the first mission, uh, even. So, like, he pops it on for right away, and then it's like, that was it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because the beats are almost like club beats, like filthy, almost techno-y kind of club beats, very dirty. Yeah. And then Mike's rap style is just, like, so lyrical and, and, and so yep. raw. And then and then LP has that, that typical L, uh, New York swagger to it with, with like, the with the very heavy... Di- New York dialect mm-hmm. then it's just it, it it shouldn't work it's like one of those things like it shouldn't work but it works like dipping your li- dipping your french fry into a, a strawberry milkshake like it shouldn't work <laughs> but it works but, but it's fucking great and tasty yeah yeah but I think it works because both those artists are so true to their crack like they yep. don't change their sound yeah and they don't change their sound and run the jewels either like and they're That's both them. and and I love that they are both like grown ass men and they just go hard and just they reflect that in the lyrics in the like if you got uh if you got like a song like uh, Love Again that they did with Gangsta Boo like that's some like yeah like I, I I'm uncomfortable playing that song in the car when the windows down uh, if I'm honest <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's 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 fucking great though like i think mike's one of those from the early thousands like when you know i how many al- or episodes ago and we were talking about the purple ribbon all-stars like he was a part of that group that we were talking about yep. you know that song kryptonite yeah and it's like he has stayed true to his craft like you were saying and it's just an incredible flow like he is very unique and i love it uh i I discovered Run the Jewels on Run the Jewels 3. Um, I think it was Legend Has It. I forget where it came from, but that's where I first discovered them. And it, it kind of flowed from there. Like, I have so many RTJ3 songs saved. It's it's just sickening. But, uh, yeah, uh, no fucking fantastic choice. Yeah. For me, it was Close Your Eyes and Count the Fuck because... Yeah, like, that is also such a great song. Dude, I'm such a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, right? And And... It's hard still being a Rage Against the Machine fan in 2020 because it's been so god-awful long. 
Um, but like when I hear Zach Taylor Rocha, I'm like, oh cool. And then I heard Killer Mike was on the album. I'm like, what? Like what? What could this possibly be? And then I was just like immediately just hooked. I was like, okay, I'm in. And like, it, I, and, I am in on this. And it's Zach De La Roca, like he, like, like if you hear him rap, especially in Count the Fuck, like you would, you would assume that he would just got off stage, like he just, he just did bomb track in the studio, and then he, yeah. he walked into this and did like run them jewels fast, run them, run them, like amazing. Yeah, it's so good. And then like when they came on to like uh, run the jewels three, like they brought in Danny Brown, who's one of my like favorite hip hop artist is again very gifted storyteller. I love the song that they did with uh, like they featured on one of Danny's songs. Uh, uh, three che- nobody speaks. Three tears in a bucket. Like that's such oh, an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. song. That like that that was at the peak of like Donald Trump was running for office again, and that verse from Killer mm-hmm. Mike is just amazing. Like he starts with I don't give a fuck about Trump. I love it. I just I love it. He is so po- he is so political, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Well, and like the crazy thing with Run the Jewels is just how much energy they bring to hip hop. Like, you can have mellow hip hop, you can have upbeat hip hop, but like Run the Jewels is just like raw energy, you know. Yeah. And and it's that in every song. Like it, it's start to finish. There's no slow jams. You know, it's just go. You know, and I, I can really appreciate that. Yeah, and fucking back to Mike, man. Like, just I think I've talked about it before, but being from you know very very close to Atlanta, where he's from, I love the philanthropy that he does and giving back, and like he is an advocate for investing back into the community, into Atlanta, um, and it's fucking great. He's a great businessman, and like he just he's he's great for the city. I'll say that. Yeah, hundred percent. He 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 knows where he comes from, and he takes care of where he came from. Yep. Um, great guy. Um, so that was number three for Tawny Jeff. Let's yeah. let's get into yours. Is it true? Did you find them in a game? I did. Or are they uh, in a game? well? Okay, so kind of they they actually sampled a game very near and dear to uh to culture Bob legend. Um, so they sample uh, a song from Lavender Town. Uh, in one of their songs. What? Yep. Yeah, it's in a song called Ugly. So the third band that I'm going to talk about, they're one that I listen to almost daily, uh, and that's the Suicide Boys. They are. Now a, you have my attention. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> a duo the from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are a duo from uh, Baton Rouge, or no, sorry, New Orleans. Um, kind of different. Like, I want to say like. I'm going to preface this, that they almost have, like, a cult-like following behind them, right? Like, like there are fans that listen to them, and there are fans that, like, really listen to them. And uh, I think I tend to fall kind of more towards the latter category. They have, like, about 8 million subscribers on Spotify, and if you look at, like, 4 out of their top 5 songs have 300 million plus plays. Like, and think about that. That's a band that most people have never heard about. And they have, they're boasting, you know, a billion plays in less than five songs. Yeah. And, I mean, they just, for me, they're like one of the kind of quintessential, like, this is why you want to look at hip-hop. These are two guys that, by any stretch of the means, don't, how do I put it? They don't sound like hip-hop individually, but also they do. You know, um, so it's two cousins. Um, 
they came up with the name because they were like, if we don't make it in the music business, we're going to commit suicide. You know, uh, a really great start to it. But also, right. if you listen to their lyrics, their lyrics are them kind of working out a lot of their inner demons with themselves and sobriety and each other and their family dynamics. And uh, again, another one of those artists that just drops a ton of mixtapes, a ton like they have a ton of albums. Um, all their albums have crazy long names that almost have nothing to do with the album. Um, if I point to like, like two that I say, like, if you really want to get like, uh, an idea of who they are, it would probably be like high tide in the snake's nest. Um, and high tide in the snake's nest is like a good example of why I think they matter in the talk of modern day rap and hip hop, because the first three songs on there, um, are called Diamonds, Ugly, and Southside Suicide, which features Puya, who we've talked about before. He's like the perfect complimentary hip-hop artist. Um, but, like, Diamonds and Ugly don't even really have a beat behind them. It's just, it almost sounds like a freestyle. Um, and it's a really interesting delivery mechanic that these two guys have, and I think they've kind of gotten to that, like, plateau where their mainstream might be kind of looking at them. They had a... a when they released their album, I Want to Die in New Orleans, like Spotify put a huge black and white photo of them in uh, Times Square on the Spotify billboard. I remember seeing that as like a fan and being like, holy shit, that's cool. And I mean, it, they're, they're interesting. And if you watch them live, it's real easy to understand why when I say there's a cult-like following, because they'll pan shots to the crowd. There's not a person in that crowd that is not singing along to that song. Um, just a really really immensely powerful duo here um and i think you're going to see more from them they've taken some time off in the last couple of years with covid and relapses in sobriety um you know they're very candid about their issues with sobriety they're very candid about their mental health issues but like also at the same time it, it adds a layer of almost like authenticity to their music where you're like, okay, these struggles that they're talking about are really real to them. They're real personal. And also at the same time, like they grew up in some very rough neighborhoods. So like all of that kind of like molds them into this like really interesting musical group um, with amazing samples, amazing lyrics, interesting story that you don't always hear, you know? So... Yeah, I, I, I think that's why they make it onto my list. I just really cannot say enough about them. They're always in my Spotify top 10, like at least a song or two from them. Um, and yeah, I, I honestly cannot say enough about these two guys. So I <clears throat> did some digging. Yeah. Because I knew that the first time I heard of Suicide Boys wasn't necessarily from you. I guess you kind of reminded me. So I did some digging on my playlist, and it turns out I actually did hear a song from them called Autobahn that I really fucking okay. liked. Yeah, uh, I added it to my playlist in 2019, and that's the one and only song I think I ever heard. I, I might have heard that song, went to listen to more, and I was like, no, I'll stick with this song. Yeah. But I, I just I want, I wanted you to be proud, Dad, yeah, that I, 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 I had found a song. They have a um, – there's a concert from them. I'll share it in the chat. It, it, they do this song called, um, oh, what's it called? It's called like Planting the Trees. What is it? Planting the Roots 
only to fall out of a tree and like it's at like Wuha festival and if you watch it you can just like clearly see how these two guys have like their own essential like delivery methods because they are two vastly different one sings and one raps you know and they they mash this together in a way that is just really interesting um they've done songs with like travis barker uh he was he was like hey i'm a fan can i can i drum for you guys like that was wild um but like really interesting interesting group um the the song that i'm talking i shared that video it's at like the 27 minute mark it is it is one of the coolest songs you'll ever hear from them. I mean, they, they have a lot of cool songs. That happens to be one of my favorites. Um, it's from, they did a bunch of like three song albums a while back. And it's, it's from like one of those. Um, yeah, really, really strange group, but really, really interesting, I think. I am incredibly bummed out right now because if I would have caught on, I could have made this a theme for our last picks. Uh, Tawny chose a duo you chose a duo i did not <laughs> oh god damn it uh listen to Seth's crew they're a duo they're great <laughs> that that that's my pick um they also are no longer a thing so you know don't just maybe don't listen to them um hey Wuha, my oh, sorry i just saw in the he, i just saw jeffrey's thing in the discord but he was talking about Wuha. i was like oh what do they have that in america but this is the dutch hip hop festival that's awesome yeah oh shit yeah yeah did they, you know that when you sent it yes so oh, okay. they do they do a lot of european tours they have a huge fan base in russia that was kind of like, they toured with Little Peep and Fat Nick, and they did, like, the whole, like, European tours, essentially, to, like, learn how to tour, and then they kind of came, they had this cult following in America, and then when they did their, like, first couple tours, you know, it was, like, it was, like, old habit for them, because they had been touring in Europe and learning how, I mean, they, they really know how to command an audience. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm watching it. It's very vibrant. Tani, mm-hmm. were you at this festival? Uh, not in 2017, no. Okay. Maybe maybe, maybe the next one with Suicide Boys. We can get you a feature on the stage. Yeah. As there we, we shouted them out this podcast. Yeah, there we ex- go. exactly. Like, done crazy numbers now, so. Yep. Yep. 101 podcasts, Spotify, In the something. world. In the world. In yep. the world. In the world. Worldwide, baby. Uh, my last pick is... Denzel Curry. So, I, if I'm going to be real with you guys, I do not remember how I discovered Denzel Curry. It might have been, could have been Discover Weekly um, on Spotify at one point, and if it was, it would have been from, God, it wasn't from the album I'm going to talk about, I know that, um, but he just kind of came into my life one day. I... I'm genuinely trying to scatter my brain right now to figure out where it's from, but I, I can't. It was probably from the days of uh, Imperial, that album. Like I, I plucked a song off of that from Discover Weekly and then enjoyed it for a little while, and then I saw he had a new album coming out, which was Taboo, out in 2018. And when I when it finally did, I think the first single that came out was uh, a song called Sumo, which is great. I mean, it's it's not indicative of the rest of the album like it's a it's a more upbeat song kind of um but when taboo actually did come out 
Um, and and actually, we're almost at a the the four year mark of that album. It's just sometime late July. Um, it was not what I was expecting, man. It, it tackled a lot of themes that I think I really needed at the time. Um, like I, I needed it to tackle. Like I, I didn't know that I needed this album, but I did. Um, even, even in, uh, in one of the interviews, like he even said, like he was in a dark place when he was working on it, but he was trying to get better. And like, you can see that on certain songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it tackles just mental health, I guess, like, and f- like on top of that, just different aspects of like fear. And there's this overall sense of like melancholy on some of the songs. Um, I added two on our playlist this week um, called Taboo and Black Balloon, uh, Black Balloons. Taboo is the album titled song. Um, but both of these, like Black Balloons is probably still to this day one of my most played songs. Um, fucking great. I, it has special ties to sabrina and i because this was around the time that we started to uh um like start going out and like i would be playing it when i would pick her up or something like that and i i think i've said it before she's not a fan of hip-hop but she was goddamn sure like a fan of this album like she she loved it um yeah it just it, it means a lot he means a lot and the music that he's released since taboo has been different, uh, for sure. Um, he, I forgot what the, it's called Zoo, the album, uh, the 2019 album that came out after Taboo, completely different than that. Um, different, different themes altogether on that album, but just in, 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 like an impeccable timing for when I, when I needed it in my life. Uh, and I, dude, I recommend, it's not, it's not truly on my recommended section that we're about to get to, but if I could recommend a single album that I've been talking about tonight, it would be, it might be Taboo. Interestingly enough, he's in my recommended with an artist, like a couple songs that he did with an artist that I like. Really? And, yeah. They're very different. They're very different from what, what you have said. Um, he is one of those artists that like uh, you can oh, put talking... him into a mold. You're... Yeah, I know here he he's I've heard songs with the, it's the first one, right? Uh yeah, there's like two of them. But uh yeah. my introduction to Denzel Curry was Ultimate, which I remember like somebody sending me that and just being like, "What in the like that song is like the perfect introduction I think to him. Like it gives you yeah. everything you ever need to know about the guy." Um you know, it's so lyrically gifted. Yeah, and he's he's just different right Mm -hmm. like he he, not only is his cadence very unique to himself but just his voice like how he delivers shit oh it's so good and he's a fucking nerd dude Mm -hmm. i love how much of a nerd he is he has a song with uh uh jid called bruh and like in the same song he references both harry potter and fucking mortal kombat and Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, I was about to say Pokemon. I don't think that one has Pokemon. But like in the same fucking sixteen bars, this man references two of my favorite things. So just super cool guy. Tony, you like Denzel, right? Yeah, I, uh, I I I like Taboo. I thought it was really solid. But for me, he really came. Uh, he really solidified himself as a top tier MC with the with the collab he did with Kenny Beats. Unlocked 
like it was like, oh. it was like very uh influencers were like uh old wu-tang uh, stone throw records mad lib it's like skits and like very creative and like it's it's, it's a good album but yeah he's a, he's a great mc and he's been on like a ta- a, a, a gang of like uh, uh like edm styles over here like you would, yep. you would hear him like spit verses on like the most random edm art style like doosh, 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 and all of a sudden you hear like like denzel like hitting a bar and like huh what's that am i is this but yeah yeah he's a, yeah he's a he's a great mc he's very creative very fun and like you said he's a he's a big ass nerd so i i always like that right you can get behind that kind of shit yep. Okay, well that was uh, that was our recommendations. No, that was not our recommendations, nope. was it? No. Nope. I lost my track in the fucking document, dude. That's no, my no, own document. We're, Those were, were our favorite artists. Jesus Christ. Um, and the thing is, is like we could delve into more. Like there, there's always room for more. I think that's what we've said with maybe the other episodes with punk pop and metal too. Like. We touched on three, and Jeff always says how hard it is, right, to narrow down the choices to get us to the ones that we pick. We could continue to talk about another three artists, you know, in a future episode, something like that. Like, these are not, this is not everything. This is not completely indicative of what we like in hip-hop. There is much more. Um, When I say these are three of my favorite artists, it's true, but there is another three I can name right now, like off the top of my head, so... Um, definitely more. This is not the end all be all for us, you know, stuff like that. But we do have recommendations, which is what we're about to flow into now. Um, Tani and I chose two. Jeff cheated with three. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of mine, I, I don't know. Uh, so, I'm going to start with one that I think he kind of pushes the boundaries of rap. And I'm kind of worried because he's kind of signaled, like, hey, I'm, I'm done with music. Uh, and that's Zillakami. Uh, Zillakami is... And, uh, he has a musical force. So he's part of a band called City Morgue that is kind of trap metal. And and when I say trap metal, it's not as much metal as it is trap. It's real hard to explain. Uh, but Zillakami himself really kind of has this own lane that he did. And uh, his most recent album, Dog Boy, is one of the coolest most like underrated albums i think that was made last year um and and so you'll find a couple of songs in there one of the songs is a song that he did with denzel curry on there and uh it's called bleach and i think that one is just super cool it showcases how denzel curry can fit into a different style and yet still be himself and then he did another song with denzel curry a couple years ago called drano uh which is zillicami's other band called city morgue and it, it City Morgue isn't the same as Zillakami, but yet they're both kind of similar. And so that's why I think it's kind of nice to show, like, hey, if you really like this guy, there, there's a lot more there. It's just kind of buried in a different way. And Drano is one of those where it's a little bit more towards, like, kind of Denzel's wheelhouse, but also still kind of forcing him to be a little different. And then Zillakami's Not Worth It is essentially him doing like a modern day kind of radio rock song in a rap format it's kind of hard to explain it's real catchy 
Um, but Zillikami is one of those guys that he raps and sings about the things that he likes, you know, so he'll rap about anime, uh, you know, he'll rap about very serious topics like his depression. Um, you know, he quit rapping for a few months this year. He, he left a tour midway through cause he was like, I just want to go to Thailand and learn how to be a kickboxer and did. Uh, so, th- and he's been kind of signaling for a while that he might be burnt out doing music. So if you like him, it might be a while before there's new stuff. He He's doing the last tour he said he's ever going to do with City More. Uh, just kind of a shame. Super high energy, really interesting band. Uh, but he's one that I, I... It's easy to recommend him, but also it's kind of difficult because it is an acquired taste in music, yep. for sure. It's him and uh, like even like JPEG Mafia, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just you got to really know what you're listening to when you when you go into it. Um, and he's young too, dude. Like I hate to hear him say like he's done. For, I mean, I hate yeah. to hear him say he's done for a while, but he's so young, like he has time. Yeah, he has time, and and it could just be you know I, he might want to just step away for a while and enjoy life. He's worked hard for, yep. you know, the last long, couple long of years just putting lots of albums out. I mean that that takes a toll on you. You know, um, so yeah, it, I I can't have this conversation without talking about Zilla. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, good recommendation because I am biased. Yeah. That's that's one of the ones that I recognized from uh, being a fan of Denzel Curry. So, uh, kudos to that, Tawny. You want to go next? Well, I've got something that's uh, that probably neither of you ever heard of, and I pride myself on that. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a duo. It's a, they were formerly known as a tribe called Red. They are uh, called the Halusa Nation. They are indigenous men who make uh, hip hop and they use influences from their own Native American culture. And it's amazing. The song I chose is called R E D, and it features uh, rhymes from the wonderful artist Yasin Bey, also known as Mighty Most Deaf. Uh, Narcy and the rapper Black Bear, and it's yeah, it's just the the song itself. It has like the the the, the Native American drums with it. Like you want to go to war when you hear that song. Like yes, it's amazing, dude. dude. When I I'm I'm telling you, that's the one that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Yasin Bay. I heard this straight to the workout playlist. Like yep. I am yep. like uh King ISO has this song called uh TFB training for battle. And it's, it's just a gym song, right? They, he talks about, you know, we don't call this going to the gym. We call this shit training for battle. Um, when I heard red, I was like, no, this is the training for battle song. Yeah. Like, that shit was amazing. Yeah. And you can hear like that indigenous sound to it behind it it's fucking yeah. wonderful I, dude I, so i i thank you for that one because it was amazing i, I love yeah, how that they, like the, that, cool. that intro comes and it's like swelling up and swelling up and swelling up and then you hear yasin bay go hush that's enough said the ruler no suckers allowed yep. and just like bar 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 and then the music starts swelling back in and it's just it's oh i love it yeah, fucking phenomenal, dude. I had no idea who they were, and I sure as hell do now. Fucking phenomenal. Jeff, what did you think of them? I thought this was cool. This was, this was me getting to hear something that I had not heard before. and uh, yeah, I, Which is rare. Yeah. It, 
I it came at me in a way that I was not expecting. And yeah, it's been something since I've seen it on the dock that I've been kind of checking in more and more of. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely something real cool. Yeah, fucking phenomenal, man. Um, so I don't even know where to start. I I hate this. This is why I should have had notes. You guys are the the smart ones. Um, I think. I think the first one I'll talk about is Aziz Gibson. Either of you know him? Yes. I uh, know. I've heard the song he did no? with Big Crit. Great song. Big, yeah. Okay. So that one in particular, um, just fucking phenomenal song, dude. It's a song called Issues, and they have a nice balance. So Aziz Gibson has this. It's almost like, not exactly like Freddie Gibbs' voice, but it's a, a deeper voice and a lower cadence. But it's, um. It's it's hard to describe. It's it's just a different kind of hip hop. It's it's nothing like super braggadocious and in your face. It just it just he tells stories, man. Um and that song with B- Big Crit that you're talking about issues like Big Crit's like this traditional like I'm not going to say like he's a dirty south rapper, but he's he's kind of there in a way. Yeah. Like he he's got some really great music like he has that where is he from? Is he from Louisiana, Texas, something like that? I have no I think idea. He's a Texas boy. I'm just wondering because he has like that. You were oh, talking Mississippi. about like, huh. Mississippi. Yeah. So he kind of has like that. He has this one called uh, one song called uh, like something about subs. I don't. I forget what it is, but it's just like that kind of like bassy car music that we were kind of touching on with the Texas. Uh, rap earlier so he's that kind mm-hmm. of rapper but then he comes on with azizi gibson and he's the complete opposite he but the the flow that he uses coalesces so well with uh, azizi's voice um i added that song to the playlist i think i'm double checking that now yes um and he's just really good man like i i haven't listen to the entire discography of Azizi. He was actually a recommendation from another friend. Um, but A New Life is the album that I have front to back listened to. And it start, starts off with a song called Angel Pussy. Um, <laughs> nice. And then it, uh, it just continuously, I mean, all the songs are great. There's another one that I added called uh, Matrix Slave Ship. Um, again, just tells a fucking story, man. Uh, I, I highly recommend listening to him. Um, have you had time to listen since I added it, Jeff? Uh, no, I have not. Although I'm looking forward to doing so after this. So yeah, yeah, just I'm very, very curious to hear what you think because I think it's someone that it's unique and you could probably get behind uh, get behind it. So maybe we'll we'll touch base next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll follow the up po- the next uh, podcast. Yeah, follow up. So uh, yeah. that was my number one. Let's jump into your number two. Uh, yeah, so my number two is a guy named Sleepy Hallow, and he is, he's a Jamaican rapper out of New York. Um, really interesting, he he has a song right now that is just kind of inescapable from a lot of playlists on Spotify called Die Young, that he did with, like, a Canadian rapper, so, like, I think we're kind of getting to the spot where, like, we're going to see this guy like kind of start to really gain some traction because it's a really catchy, interesting song. Um, he has a really cool music video for a song called 2055 that is 
it's something cool. It's hard to explain. It's like an animated music video uh, involving him. And I just, I really like this guy. They list him as a drill rapper, which some of his older stuff kind of sounds in that vein of like drill. Um, But he really is pushing it in like a different direction than like standard drill beats, but more like drill lyrics over EDM type music. So it's a genre that you don't really see. Like drill is drill for a reason. Um, but like really kind of pushing that boundaries. And he, that's why I'm just saying like, he's something like, I think just kind of keep on your radar. He, he has some really interesting delivery methods that kind of a Caribbean Jamaican accent with like the New York mix is really interesting too. So he has a very unique sound to him. Uh, it's a little bit more mellow, but still serious lyrically. Okay. Yeah. That was a uh, dude. I had, I mean, I had no idea who it was uh tawny did you know sleepy hollow nope not at all but drill is not my uh not my scene yeah and i get it drill's really hard um again i'm close enough to chicago that drill was really prevalent here like chief keith was inescapable and like all the otf guys like king vaughn and all them like completely inescapable here um you know so like for me i actually like drill music but at the end of the day, a lot of it sounds the same. And so to hear this guy come out and do drill in a completely different, altogether way, it was kind of interesting to me. It's like, well, this is actually like refreshing what I like. You know, I can only hear don't like so many times and I'm still going to love it. So I guess I shouldn't use that one. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's do... Tony, you're number two. So mine, Lil Sims. Yeah, Lil Sims. I uh, I like like I've told before. I love a good storyteller, and this is a female MC born in Nigeria and raised in the UK. She is very experimental. She has like this almost like mm-hmm. Lauren Hill type soul to her voice, and it's like it's very empowering, very pro black women and. Yeah, it's just, it's very, it's like uh, soul, it's got jazz, Afro beats, and she has just like this smooth, buttery smooth voice that's just, just lovely to hear. I would, I would recommend the song Women. It's just a very chill, great song for the evening. Just relax. Very cool. Yeah, I started listening to that after you were talking about it. I, it's been kind of in my steady rotation since. I really like her. Yeah, yeah, she is great. Uh, so that kind of flows right into uh, my next and last one, which is uh, another female artist by the name of Chica. So Chica is a artist who was in the 2020 XXL freshman class. Um and she's from Montgomery, Alabama, and she is fucking awesome, man. She kind of combines both R&B and hip-hop, and I'm telling you, when the hip-hop kicks in, dude, she kicks ass. She does not have a lot of music out at the moment. She has, you know, a- enough to get you started. Um, she has an, an album called uh, Industry Games, and that's where I added my songs from to the playlist. And there's a s- song in particular. It's the song that I first heard from her. Um, it's called Crown. And in this song, in this moment, kind of circling back to my my start with hip-hop, I just immediately, like, correlated the presence that she brought, 
the bars that she brought, I immediately correlated it with uh, Biggie. Like it, it just, I, I had this vibe. Like I just had this, I don't know. It just felt familiar in a way. And I just correlated it with B.I.G. Um, just phenomenal artist. And when she, but when she does truly start to sing like on the other parts of, of that album, God, dude, just let her take you away because she is such a phenomenal singer. And just that presence that she brings on her songs is, is heavy. And you, if you just close your eyes, she'll take you somewhere, man. Wonderful artist. Yeah, I started listening to Industry Games like before we started the podcast, and she reminded me actually of like you said, you hear that she she loved Biggie growing up, but also like yeah. I I detect like very much like Missy Elliott in her in her cadence and yes. her and her R and B, yeah. like and I I just I can't I I love that I mean Missy Elliott yeah it's like Missy Elliott it's the is the love child is, of Biggie and Elliott absolutely like Missy Elliott is one of the goats if you talk about hip hop so like. Yeah, yep. you have to talk about her when you talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting that she invokes it 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Amazing. Um, I just now saw that she was on hiatus, so that might be why mm. we have no music. I don't know why, though. I don't know, but this, this album is uh, getting in my daily rotations for sure. Nice. Awesome. So now, Jeff, you yeah. break tradition. You could have chosen... A female artist, but now you've broken tradition, so we're even. Yeah, I, you but know, it's been to, to his defense, hard it's, to an, out. it's an artist from the UK, so it kind of balances out with mine. So <laughs> okay. that's true. <laughs> Great. So now I'm the odd man. <laughs> <laughs> you got the female, hey. and he got the UK, and then it's all married together, <laughs> and it's beautiful. Yeah, okay. no, and and that's like the best part about doing a playlist like this is you get these very different ideas all together. And, uh, yeah, no, my my number three is Stormzy. I, I think that, like, if you listen to American rap, you probably need to be on the lookout for Stormzy. He's been banging at the walls of the U.S. for a while now. And, uh, I mean, you can't talk about rap without talking about Ed Shireen. And so I put a song that he did with Ed Shireen on our I playlist. But did you? What sentence did you just say? I said you can't talk about rap without talking about Ed Shireen. Okay, I'm just yep. making sure those were the words that came out of your mouth. Is his uh, last name actually Shireen? Sharon? He, he, I don't know. He doesn't care as long as you don't talk about his love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, Stormzy is uh, a really interesting and very, very gifted lyrical storyteller. He, he, he is the prime example of a, a type of rap that is really only found in the UK, and that's called grime. Um and grime is not necessarily a huge thing in America, but, like, I'm starting to see more and more people, like, you know, kind of gravitate towards that kind of style or, like, those kind of artists. And it's it's more, like, electronic music, but with, like, a hip-hop flavor to it is kind of grime. Uh, it's a little bit more dancey, I would say. And that's where you see your artists like Skepta, or uh, Boy Better Know, you know, most of these are going to be, like, British or European artists, but, like, Stormzy, I mean, I put three songs, or two songs of his on here, and Ain't It Different literally samples Crazy Town's Butterfly, right? Like, that's the background to it. So, like, when we talk about why it matters electronica over rap, like, that's a good example of how it works, you know? 
but like that whole story is about him like being in prison. And he had an album come out a couple years ago called Heavy, or it's called H I T H, which is Heavy as the Head That Wears Crown, or something like that. And I mean, it it is an, a a really amazing story, and I think I think it's only a matter of time before he starts becoming a more household accepted name in the U.S. in the rap game. Uh, British rap is kind of hard to appeal to American rap fans, right? Because it's not our streets. Um, and so that's why it's a little hard to say, like, you know, he's banging at the door, but he's not going to be, like, nobody's going to go from listening to Crit Mac to Stormzy, right? Except for, like, me. But at the same time, I think he matters because he's he's a more mainstream accepted version of this of this art. Yep, this is one of those, Jeff, where I can safely end the episode by saying I have no idea what the fuck this was. Yeah. <laughs> just, you always have something so out there. This is why I chose you, because you were the yeah, most but, outlandish uh, music listener it, that there ever it, existed. Is it really out there? I mean, to the American, it might be, but I mean, that's like... Yes, because, that's why it's yeah, out there that, for yeah, me. Because it's, that's because what I'm because saying. America is not the center of the universe, as you were led to believe. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey. It's it's the center of no you're right it's the center <laughs> no, of all the fucking and, problems yeah and no that's but why yeah Sto- Stormzy is like a is like like he isn't mainstream big but yeah for for especially for grime he is like one of the biggest like he he is like he regularly tops top forty in the mainstream so it's still some yeah. uh, it's still a genre it's like you were talking about with drill I can't get into grime yet yeah. I've not found a single artist. I mean, that I can get into grime with. What's when up? you when you look at him as an artist, he was the first grime artist to have like a UK number one chart or number one album. Yeah, and he also won like a British album of the year, I believe, like for one of his albums. I think it might have been like Gang Signs or I forget which one, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it it's a good representation of like a style of rap that is just dead more or less in the U.S. Right, like. It's it's not you can't I mean, say there's American grime artists right like yeah and at the same time he's never gonna make a huge splash in American rap but he's gonna make a bigger splash in American music as a whole right like he appeals more as a hip hop artist but like it'll be harder because he doesn't like his struggles aren't American struggles so like it it makes it hard like you have to search this out this style because you're never going to see it in American shelves. You know, it's just not for us. Yeah, it's not. And that's where my, I guess my, my ventures into grime has come from. It's always been a byproduct of something else. It's never because I've actively sought to find an artist in the grime genre. It's just always been kind of there as an outlier. And every time I listen to it, I think it's right. It's just something that I'm not accustomed to because it's not, I mean, you know, Tani said it best. America is not the center of the world. Yeah, yeah. And grime, grime it, in itself is also so unique because, well, while uh, East Coast uh, rap uh, started with like all disco beats, like they sampled disco beats. Like grime is completely made out of uh, of uh, drum and bass. Like the early grime is all drum and bass. It's like a totally UK thing. It's like drum and bass is UK. 
only like there there are a few places that drum and bass are actually big but it's a uk thing and this this style of rap is like a uk thing it's like it's it's which is fucking weird because i like drum and bass yeah it's it's like uh, yeah, yeah it's bit no i would i would suggest diving into early grime because that's heavily drum and bass but yeah it's like that's it like it's 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 a completely uk thing it's like it's like fish and chips but then in music form yeah <laughs> yeah and like really when you look at like grime artists there's only a handful that you kind of can get some americans to acknowledge that they know and it, it storms is always in that list it's like him and skepta you know and, and that's about it and i i honestly i think he's a little bit more mainstream friendly than skepta but you know yeah so yeah that that would be why I've, he made the list for me. It's hard to have this conversation without somebody I mean, like him. I mean, he is D- so Dizzy easy. Roscoe started as a grime artist, and he yeah, he later turned pop. But yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's true. I, yeah, there there have been others, yeah. um, but like when we really talk about like kind of modern grime, yeah. you know, I I think those are the only two really in the mix over here. But it needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. And maybe my issue is that I haven't found a grime artist that I like yet. Maybe it's true. I, I delve into the older stuff, like Tani said, because I do like drum and bass, and I find yeah. something that's more like applicable to the things that I like. Um, we'll see. No, I just that's that's my issue is that it's not catered to me or the things that I'm generally listening to music for. So I mean, maybe I listen to Storms. I have looked through his top songs. I've not heard a single one. So. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, there, there's some good stuff there. Okay. Well, boys, that was a fucking awesome show. Yeah. That, it's about time that we got the deep dive into some good old hip-hop. Yeah, that we was should, great. We should I do this good, one again. A blast. Yeah. So, with that being said, this brings us to the part of the show that I haven't prepared for for Tawny. Tawny, do you have any socials that you would like to shout uh, out? Not really, no. No. No? You don't want to be followed, stalked, admired by the whole two listeners of this podcast? No. The two listeners probably already have uh, my uh, my Instagram handle. Hi, Mom. Uh, hi, Mom. <laughs> hi, Brand. Hi, Brand. Yep. yep, that's definitely it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that being said, if you're looking to find Jeff and I elsewhere, you can. The CultureBot family of content is extensive. But the best place you can find all of us is in the CultureBop Discord server. Between CultureBop selects, hunting pixels, and now the bop, all of us collectively gather in the server to converse and have a good time. But we all know what you really want, and that's the socials. So, fuck you, Jeff. You put happy birthday in one of these documents. This document, I guess. Oh, my God. I was just seeing if you read straight from the document. That was more of a I... It... My eyes gloss over most of it, and then I saw that, and I was like, wait a minute. My brain immediately knew uh, something was astray. Yeah, happy birthday, Josh. That was in here, just just so you know. Uh, it's going to be sad when it's actually his birthday and not a soul fucking believes us. That's why you got to say it every day. This is actually, if you think about it, doing you a disservice for employee satisf- or employee of the month because when it comes time for his birthday and no one actually tells him, Happy birthday. It's because you have uh, Boy Who Cried wolfed us all throughout the year, and now we don't know when his actual birthday is anymore. That could be. That could be. 
I have yeah. other plans to be employee of the month though. Yeah, just start saying like happy anniversary or something. That'll really do it. I'm gonna start sending flowers for bosses day. Flowers for bosses and flowers for daddies. Yep, That's, there you go. Every day of the uh, week. I said it in the special that we recorded last night. Uh, Culture Bop nice. is the place where we objectify and sexualize our boss. That's true. It's amazing. It's true. It's true. It's, it's pretty great. Thank you, Papa McMullen. Anyway, you can find Jeff on Instagram at JCRTO. That's S Z Y A R T O. And on YouTube at Jeffrey Ciarto, spelled the same way, but pronounced Scissor Toe. You can find me on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on YouTube at OMDizzy, where you can find the current Let's Play going on of Song of Iron, and on Twitch, where I'll be streaming tomorrow, which means nothing to you, so never mind. Uh, you can find me on TikTok as well, where I'm posting clips of all the shenanigans that happen on either YouTube or uh, Twitch, <laughs> uh, and you can find it on TikTok at OMDizzy as well. Outside of the Bop, we have Hunting Pixels, your home of all video game-related content, and Culture Bop Selects, your deep dive into specific bits of media, including movies, games, music, and more. That's it, fellas. That's, That's the end it. of the episode. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. We are tapped out. Tawny, thank you so much for joining us. It has yes, been a great absolutely. international endeavor. It has been my honor, guys. It has been my honor. It has been. I am so glad that we got you before the other shows did. Now, <laughs> anyone else who tries to, I, I'm gonna, you know, have you come on out? They're just they're posers. Yeah, we did it first. Posers. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm gonna pull a cowboy move. For me. Yeah, I will. It's like it's yeah, it's like that scene in Game of Thrones where you know the Lannisters and their guards do the same thing, but with my you know my the bop my, sends uh, its regards. Yeah, bop. the bop sends its regards, and you gotta add like so, a bitch yeah. in so there. So cowboy move here. Let's do a volume two of this. Oh, yeah. Like, right now. If we're down for a volume... What? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta eat. I gotta go um, to bed. It's, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. Tony's yeah, like... It's four, it's, oh, shit. It's 4.30. All, oh, no. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right. Uh, I'm gonna shut my mouth. Yeah. Tony is up in Netherlands time. Uh, it's 4.30 a.m. for him. He was very gracious enough to plan his day to where he could be here with us. So, thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. My pleasure. Yep. All right. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening and stay tuned for hopefully next time will be the Hunting Pixels crossover that we have all been waiting for. So, until then, have a good night. 